Oh, geez. sorry, guys. This someone's outside. What I think it's the that? landscapers. We've been building a new patio outside of the Bobby Walter Studio here. Uh, let me go check. Let me one second. Yeah, because that's definitely you. Uh, they're supposed to be gone by now. Uh, hey, uh, we're trying to record a show out here. So could you cut down on the on the yard work? <laughs> I uh, it's late at night. I mean, I don't know what what you're doing. Hey, what what what? Dilo, 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 man, what's happening over there? What? Hey, this Dilo? is your house. Yeah, this is where I oh, live. Oh man, I'm digging all yeah. these trenches for your landlord, man. I'm putting in some new irrigation oh. in the back, so you have some beautiful grass. Is that Dilo? Oh, I finally Dilo. called an expert. We've been having yeah, we've some been amateurs out here, you. but we needed it. Oh, is it oh man, is that Dilo? Wait, so I'm, I'm caught. What the noise is bothering you guys in there? What's going on? I mean, it's a little loud. We're, We're trying to record. Yeah. Wait, San Angelo Bar. Wait, you're trying to record the trail show? Yeah. Yeah, have you heard guys, of it? It's, it is. You guys, ever listened to it? I haven't been on the trail show in months. What's the deal? Have you we like haven't been disowned able to find me? you? Oh, is that Dilo? Oh. We've been yeah. looking everywhere. I've been looking in <laughs> every Ace Hardware I've been into. It's it's tool section. It's a little bit so like that. That little uh, you think the kid would be trying to find it. Oh, these landscaping Mike jobs. <laughs> these landscaping jobs have just got me so no, it's busy. Dilo. I'm just digging trenches like 12, 15 hours a is day, like all summer long. So you're just down in the trenches. You wouldn't believe how hot it gets at three in the afternoon with a pigmatics just like hacking out a trench. I mean, you realize it's. Really it's work? way is far it from three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Yeah. Like, I know. I'm just trying like to finish it up. Night. I'm just trying to finish it. Up. All right. So what? wait a minute. So San Angelo Bar. All right. So I, anyway, yeah. like you got to stop the work because yeah. we're recording. Okay. And you might as well come in and yeah, record I mean, with us. Yeah. We got an extra oh. mic. Is that okay. Dilo? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, hey, Disco. Let's uh, let's just start the show. You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Dilo? Arriba, 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 Dilo. It's the Trail Show. And Dilo. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. And Dilo. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. And Dilo. Dilo. against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. And Dilo. Dilo. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And Dilo. And Dilo. But think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. And What's D-Lo. up, D-Lo? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado. With D-Lo. It's the Trail Show. With D-Lo. <laughs> Featuring D-Lo. What? Coming to you live from the historic Bobby Walters studio in Colorado's historic beer district. This is the Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over Two million times in over 151 <laughs> countries one, across Trails the globe. Trails says one million. One million. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide wherever you download your favorite podcast and at thetrailshow.com. It's August, folks. It's the dog days of summer, and we are delighted that you have joined us wherever you are at this very moment. Perhaps you are on trail, on an airplane or suffering through your daily commute to work for the man to save up money for your next hike. Regardless of where you are, we've got a fun show in store for you tonight. P.O.D., what are we serving up tonight? Everything we always do. All right. <laughs> there it is, ladies wow. and gentlemen. I can't I'm excited. <laughs> so does that mean we're going to do iTunes Top 5? Uh, always. What about a conservation interview? Yep. Are we going to start with Tent Steak Review? the beer of the month? Can, Trail yep. tips? Can I introduce that? Yes. What else? And now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. DiLo, take it away. Tonight! 
right, we have three very special beers here from the Front Range of Colorado. Beer number one, which should probably not be the last beer of the night, is the Double Digit Hazy IPA from Avery Brewing Company, which comes in at a whopping 10% alcohol by volume. Screaming 10%. Which, by the way, the young man clerk at the liquor store assured me you would not taste the alcohol. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I taste the alcohol. He was totally wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Can I taste your backwash here? You can. Beer number two in a red can from Four Noses Brewing Company in Broomfield, Colorado, is the Raspberry Blonde. It is in blonde ale with raspberries. Raspberries. (laughs) Coming in at a respectable 6.3% alcohol by volume with 12 IVUs in a 12-ounce can. I have yet to sample one of those. But it's I delicious. Hear from the other two gentlemen who have sampled them, that they are delicious. Finally, beer number three, ladies and gentlemen. We're just laying it all on the table tonight because we don't have a large smorgasbord of beer. We only is that Dilo? Dilo? Oh God! God, nice start God was that you or was that Dilo. Donald Donald Trump? Dilo, is that you? God, we've talked Dilo? about this. You can't just stop by whenever, man. Beer number three is a crisp, clean German style Pilsner coming in at a mild 4.9% ABV from Upslope Brewing Company. <laughs> it is a limited release made of snow melt, German malt, local hops, Tatanagra hops, yeast. The specs what? of this particular brew are that it is handcrafted. Snow melt. Packaged in an <laughs> aluminum can. It is quite portable. It is recyclable. Portable. And it is oh. good. All we right. Have it, ladies and beer gentlemen. of the month, ladies and gentlemen. There will be no more Excellent. beers of the month because that's all the beers of the month. I still, I still get to drink more. By the way, that. the beer is compliments of Trail Show Nation. And I think there have been some people that contacted me a few months ago about sending beer. And I went hiking and pretty much just said, F it. And I have not been on top of things. So if you wanted to send beer and I haven't Other talked to you. Mountains. Yeah. Then just. Get in touch with me. Get in Sorry touch with that. POD at POD at thetrailshow.com. Yep, or beer okay. at thetrailshow.com also comes to my beer secretary. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Her what? secretary is just a squirrel. No, it's actually out of order. It's my secretary. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that lovely intro. I you know. I hope it never changes. It's All been right. a rough month, Spesh. It's Ooh. it's been an interesting month. It's been a okay. I'm just yeah. gonna jump right into it. Um, lions and wolves and bears. Oh, oh my. my. Um, yeah, I kind of had to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I really do apologize for that, but yeah, it had to happen. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, starting off, there was a wolf attack uh, up in Canada. There was a family from, I believe this is New Jersey, uh, but the Rispoli family. Oh, sounds like Shakira's um, in the house. <laughs> um, Shakira attacks someone in Canada? I mean, that what happens happened? weekly, but I mean, that it, person's it, it, it happens so often it doesn't even make the news anymore. <laughs> All right, rein it in. Tell us okay. about the Ris Booty family. So the Rispoli family, they here. I'm know, gonna whack the tubes. It's a good idea. Already, we're, we're, yeah, already indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Rispoli family, they were camped out in their tent, um, and this wolf uh, basically attacked them like through the tent, tore into it. A wolf. A wolf. Yeah. 
Um, what? And this this is extremely rare. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, the, the number of encounters with wolves um, where someone was actually like attacked by a wolf is extremely low. I'm trying to actually scroll as we speak and find the number, but it's like, um, you know, in the last hundred years or something, there's been like ten or something mm. like that. So it's it's an extremely rare event. Um, fortunately, y- so the, they, the the whole family was in the tent, and uh, and the the dad basically threw himself uh, in front of the the wife and the kids and was like trying to fight it off, like while being attacked and like still laying down and trying to shield the family or whatever. And they they're screaming for help. Some other camper uh, like came over and like the guy kicked it. And in in the article I read, the the guy's like. Uh, you know, I kicked it um, and like immediately regretted it. It was like, um, mm. you know, a scene out of a movie where you punch a guy that's just like way too big <laughs> for you. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, no. Um, but in any case, they like threw some stuff at it, managed to, you know, chase it off or whatever. Um, they eventually did find it and euthanize it. And the veterinary exam determined that the wolf was in, quote, poor condition, which I, I imagine probably means uh, underweight, um, malnourished things like that so yeah you know which is typical by the way little trail tip don't get attacked by a wolf i sleep with my pepper spray right next to my head yeah it's a good idea would that have solved their problem i mean if you could get your pepper <laughs> spray and spray the wolf in the face it probably would have gone away you know it immediately blinds it their eyes slam shut so I th- and, you know i gotta think that like a, a wolf with their increased sense of smell and stuff they've got to be a l- yeah. little bit sensitive to that yeah. i also think you would have a fun experience spraying a wolf inside your tent <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so now i've i've long maintained that if you actually going to take pepper spray or bear spray into the woods and use it as an actual means of self-defense against a critter you should get like just a just at least a little whiff of that in mm. your backyard on a nice day when you don't have anything else to do for the rest of the day because I think the worst time to ever experience getting pepper spray or like anything yeah. like that capsaicin spray in your face, face is probably when there's a big pissed off bear in front of you. Yeah, probably a good idea to at least have some idea what that sensation is like prior to actually doing it. That's why cops do that in right. training. Like, cops, yeah. capsicum training. I just think when you wake up in the middle of the mm-hmm. night with something attacking your tent, you're not just going to be on your best, uh, on your best A performance. Game. You know what of I mean? Of course. Yeah. But so if the pepper spray is there, yeah. then you have a chance to use it. If it's mm-hmm. not, then you don't. It's true. Like if you have to yeah. dig it out of your backpack. Yeah, versus yeah I like saw a dude simil- hiking with it yeah. in the back of his backpack the yeah. other day. I was like, why <laughs> <laughs> Why are you carrying this around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like when you see Wait, somebody crossing on, a bear. Let me take off my backpack. on the back. Yeah. Dilo, do you know that song about the wolf man's brother? I do. How does it go? The wolf man's brother. It's I'm the wolf man's brother. brother. Coming down, down on you. All right, I'm going to need the tunes. All right, to wrap those tunes. I don't really <laughs> know any of the lyrics other than that. Good Lord. Okay, yeah. I, I just want to point out that I haven't even moved on to the second story yet. We've (laughs) already had Whack the Tubes twice. Twice? Twice. And I've got 15 (gasps) stories, guys. That's because I've been like 15 stories. Yeah, half this show is going to be a four-hour trip. (laughs) I've been in Out of Order's backyard since like 7 this morning. That's news item number 7. It's like crazy, man. Okay, let's keep going. All right, so um, in Aspen, there have been three bear attacks in the last couple of months. Um, so this story is What's dated going on, August special. 20th. We we're actually recording this show right now on the 23rd. So, you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow there will be another story about another bear attack. It's um, all that, all yeah. that Gucci. So there's there's been a number of bear attacks in Aspen. Uh, this most recent one 
um, was a, a uh, 350 to 400 pound bear that attacked a local restaurant manager. Uh, resulting in four deep puncture wounds to his leg. It I mean, was it was ju- it was digging Yelp. in the. Uh, he could just go to Yelp. Why has he got to attack the manager? <laughs> I mean, you know, having <laughs> having re- managed a restaurant before, I definitely think that it's pretty rude. It's a little late. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad I never got bit by a bear because it's just not cool. Wasn't um, he trying to actively get it out of the dumpster? Isn't he, that what I read? Yes, exactly. Oh, that's yeah, so uh, that he, sounds like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like choice. the wildlife people, uh, their like response to this was essentially like. Well, um, it's too bad that that happened, but you know, um, that's exactly what we tell you guys not to do, and you totally did it, and now you got bit, and now we're going to have to go kill a bear. Thanks. One time when we were driving from Crested Butte to Gunnison, it was nighttime, we stopped in Almont, so I could pee by the dumpster, and um, and I was peeing by the dumpster, and a bear popped its head out, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, oh, and then I saw a guy coming out with a big bag of trash from the kitchen. I was like, hey, 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 there's a bear in the dumpster. And he was like, yeah, he's always in there. I just throw the trash on top of him. (laughs) 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 By the way, what are you doing? Tip your waitress. (laughs) The bear was was probably like, oh, sweet. It's raining food on me again. (laughs) He was also apparently unperturbed that there was somebody pissing by his dumpster. That's pretty normal, too. I pulled my pants up when that happened. His response was to shrug his shoulders and say, oh, I just throw the trash on top of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's my buddy Yogi. Uh, Wow. Okay. So yeah. in any case, yeah, uh, the most recent one, restaurant manager, uh, there was a, another one. Um, another restaurant manager? No, no, no. There was oh. another one like a few weeks prior to that. A woman was hiked, uh, attacked while she was hiking on the Hunter Creek Trail, which is just a, a local hiking trail there in Aspen. Um, and then prior to that, there was a, like a 500-pound one that attacked somebody in the, uh, the Aspen Meadows Resort. I think it might have been on a golf course or something. Mm. Uh, but he, he got away with just uh, some tears to his clothes and a scratch on his arm. Hmm. In any case, it's a little odd to have that many bear attacks um, in such a close amount of time. Um, and all in Aspen. And, you know, this isn't the only bear attacks that I've read about. There's a grizzly bear attack um, up in Canada. Uh, a, there was a sound recordist. He's actually a 2014 PCT hiker. Um, and he was up there doing some sound recording and was attacked and killed by a grizzly bear. Wow. There have mm. been two bears uh, in Yellowstone that have been um, euthanized in the last few weeks, and they're actually on the search for a third, uh, again related to um, incidents with people. I bet um, that third one was actually D-Lo. Well, I, I mean, I... Not me. You know, apparently <laughs> they done like the, park? the DNA <laughs> testing, and it didn't show that it was D-Lo. I have, okay. an, al- I have an alibi. It did show that it was a, a bear. I, okay. was, um, I was putting my children to bed bear. at home that night. A bear. So, yeah, uh, kind of quite a few bear stories, uh, which is a- atypical, right? I mean, this is quite a few. And the next item is actually more animal attacks. <gasps> what? Yeah, so, uh, what? I'm not even kidding. So um, just yesterday, there was an eight-year-old boy who was hospitali- hospitalized with serious injuries um, he was bitten on the head in by Bailey. a mountain lion uh, Yeah, in, here in Colorado. So he was playing on his trampoline, and then um, his friend like ran to another house or something, uh, or he ran to another house, and uh, that's when the mountain lion like jumped on, on him and bit him in the head. Whoa. So, yeah, the father ran, uh, or the, the brother, rather, ran, gets the dad, and then who like rushed out and found the, uh, the mountain lion was like on him. And then, like, as the dad approached, the, the mountain lion, 
you know, dropped him and took off or whatever. Uh, so prior to that, there were, let's see. That's good. Dad there, so it says there have been three attacks in Colorado this year, um, although there were none the past two years. Okay. Um, mountain lions we're talking about now, right? Yeah. So, and the last time three mountain lions, uh, three mountain lion attacks occurred within the same year was back in 1998. Wow. So good year. So good the, uh, the other one was a, a jogger attacked, um, in February, um, horse tooth mountain park, which is up by, uh, um, uh, Fort Collins. And then let's see. Uh, and the guy killed that one with his bare hands. Killed he, no, there was another one. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he I think, let's see. Lion. That's the one that he suffocated it. Yeah. And then um, another mountain lion attack. Or I'm sorry. There was another mountain lion that was euthanized in May um, after it attacked a four-year-old. And that was in San Diego. So um, I don't know what's going on that we've got all these attacks happening. But it seems a little bit strange. Yeah, I, I I mean I feel like every trail news there's always at least like one story right. that has to do with a, a negative wildlife encounter like that of some kind or whatever. But to have like so many stories of bears being euthanized in Yellowstone, grizzlies killing people in in Canada, um, black bear attacking a whole or a wolf attacking a family, all these cougar attacks. Like I don't know what we're doing, but we should probably stop. Um, moving on. Is that is that it for trail news? Just bear and mountain lion attacks? We, like what do we? We've barely begun. Okay. <laughs> no Thank pun you. intended. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Um, but that's the, that's it for attacks. At barely. Least. Um, Florida out of we got some news out of, out of out of orders home uh, home state. Uh, the wildlife uh, folks there have had to clarify a an order that they recently released. Um, there's kind of a problem with iguanas in Florida, <laughs> and so the the uh, what's their service name is Fish and Wildlife. Yeah, Fish, uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission uh, declared open season on invasive green iguanas several weeks ago, hmm. um, but they were kind of a little vague about methods and such. Um, and so someone actually got shot. Uh, this guy was like taking out iguanas or whatever, and he accidentally like yeah. shot. Uh, the pool guy with like a high-powered pellet gun. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Welcome and to so, Florida. And so, following that, hey, although, <laughs> although like Florida, okay, these folks didn't say that they changed it in response to that specifically, but they basically did. I've got some audio from the pool guy, if you don't mind. I'd, I'd like to just quickly. Oh yeah. Man or beast that I run from ain't been born, and his mama's already dead. I ain't running from nothing. <laughs> I never have in my whole life, and I ain't going to start now. And you're not going to sacrifice my babies for some damn bear. And I raised both hands in the air, and I cussed at him. Yeah, get out of here, you Yeah. And he looked at me like, go F yourself. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. was some I, compelling I, audio. I really wish that I'd had my camera running here because, you know, for those of you at home, I, I realize that this is an audio format, and so sometimes there's just some things that happen that probably don't translate. But uh, sometimes when Disco plays that clip, and he definitely was in fine form just now, he reenacts and like kind of pantomimes the whole thing. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's pretty classic. Uh, we're definitely going to have to get that on tape one of these days and, and, and uh, clue the rest of Trail Show Nation into how hilarious that is. Yeah, maybe I'll lip sync it and we'll put it up on the YouTubes. 
<laughs> so well, yeah. as a Floridian, I'm very proud of my home state for immediately turning to human on human violence when <laughs> trying to <laughs> curb the iguana problem. Uh, yeah. I, didn't the Florida, the commission the the guy said something like, "Hey, this isn't the Wild West. You can't just shoot everything." Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said um, without. Uh, so, y- let me back up. So first, he said uh, that you know they should kill these green iguanas quote whenever possible, <laughs> uh, and that you don't need any permits to do so. But then, following this, you know, accidental shooting of the pa- the pool maintenance guy. Uh, the, the, they said, um, this is not quote the wild west. So yeah, it's the wild Florida. Triple, triple grief. What is the problem with iguanas? What do iguana, how many are are there really, is there really an overpopulation of iguanas in Florida? And if so, what harm do they do to, um, the environment or humans or whatever? They live in South Florida, which is now where I'm from. So I don't know for sure, but I know when I visit my relatives there, there are lots of iguanas hanging out on canals and stuff. They're non-native species, so I'm sure they're pushing out native species. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real take-home of this this whole story is that you all are always down on how the Florida Trail maybe isn't that hard. <laughs> It's not right. difficult. There's How is no this mountain. a take home? Let now him you know. Go. I'm just yeah. saying. Talk. I'm just saying. We got. You're gonna have to battle wild iguanas on the Florida Trail. You're gonna have to wrestle a Burmese python, probably in Big Cypress. Good and, chance. Um, and you might get shot by so, a high-powered <laughs> pellet gun. So <laughs> these are all so in a pool. Yeah. These what's the Colorado Trail got on that? Yeah. What's the Colorado nothing, Trail got nothing, on that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so these are all just challenges of hiking the Florida Trail. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I actually okay. do have a uh, an, an answer to your question, though. Oh, Hilo. please, so, yeah, because out of order seems to have no um, idea so what's they, going on. So they they are a high they are considered a highly invasive species. <laughs> they actually cause damage to seawalls, sidewalks, and ornamental gardens. Sidewalks, uh, as well as out competing. Hey, we so, defend and, and an ornamental garden in Florida. I really <laughs> do. I so we're you not. Yeah. You should appreciate that of all the people uh, I here. I do. I appreciate. It. I defend my yeah. ornamental gardens. Yeah, come on, Dilo. Yeah. So what what harm do iguanas cause to sidewalks? Um, I think they like scratch poop. stuff defecation. up or something. I think yeah, there maybe their poop like has some primal sort of defecation, a, a, like deteriorating Tribal. effect on Tribal that, defecation. On that, yeah. But and that's apparently what it what it's. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's move All on right. to plus, the next. Plus, they scare the they scare the nice citizenry. Yeah. We're on like number five of yeah, 30. Out of 30. <laughs> seventy-three. I, I just Buckle up, folks. Too. Oh, and this breaking news: we just had another attack. No, I'm just kidding. But probably, maybe. By an iguana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with a gun. whose throat was ripped out by yeah. an iguana in <laughs> northern <laughs> Florida. Oh, the iguanas oh, no. are migrating out, north, Dad. ladies and right, gentlemen. I'm going to whack the tubes for the third one. <laughs> Jesus. That's All three. Right. So I'm going to move through this one just real quick. I'm just going to mention it, and we're not even really, really talk about it. Uh, there was a couple that was trying to get to the bus from Into the Wild. Um, oh, and they geez, got man. swept away, and the wife uh, drowned. They had like just gotten married. Um, Every year, they're 24 years old. Pretty sad. Um, maybe you just don't need to go to that bus, people. Yeah. Just generally, I, c- I kind of feel like they should just remove I that am, thing. I agree. I, I don't know why somebody hasn't point. gone out there and just dynamited the thing. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Next story, you said we weren't going to talk about. So, 
Um, <laughs> a couple of hikers got rescued <laughs> off the PCT. I do not believe that these were uh, through hikers. I think it was just some folks that were out hiking. But uh, day hikers. Um, were they attacked <laughs> by also iguanas? known as dikers? They were. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. What were no. they attacked by iguanas on the PCT? Yes. Um, it was actually, no. The the PCT is an iguana-free zone. Oh, okay. it was actually for now. It was iguana. Thanks to the thanks to the heroic efforts of Florida citizens to control them. That's right. <laughs> it was actually iguanas who rescued them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, which is impressive too, because they were rescued with a helicopter, and oh, I, didn't yeah. even, I didn't even know that iguanas could fly helicopters. And they have short little arms. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, so these hikers were rescued on the PCT by iguanas? Y- yes. Next exactly. story. That's Next exactly. Story. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they flew a chopper in and picked them up and uh, took them and uh, took them to a medical mm-hmm. center or whatever, and they were dehydrated. Iguana chopper. Because they didn't have enough water. Yeah. Um, Whopper. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, oh, I've got another uh, Man. another story. Sounds Th- like everybody this got one? stoned today. Th- I know, right? <laughs> Get in the chopper. Wait, did with you? The iguanas. Is that hummus infused with like some? <laughs> uh, what's going on here? It's the green guacamole. Oh, I thought it looked a little yeah. green. Uh-huh. Um, so let's see. Gregory Randolph just about died. He spent four <laughs> days stranded in the Oregon <laughs> desert. Gregory Randolph. <laughs> I'm just trying to move on <laughs> without having to whack the tubes yet again. <laughs> My face hurts already. So, um, this is I. I'm not sure how this story came to us, uh, but it was like the. All right, enough. Oh, sorry, guys, come on. <laughs> That's it. Somebody mute her mic. Mute her mic. That's it. We're mute. We're mute. Jesus. I just muted the mic. We've all gone off the rails and we're not even through trail news. Oh, Lord, help us. All right. Lord, love a duck. Okay. So uh, this guy, he was out driving some roads (laughs) in uh, in Oregon, like remote um, eastern Oregon. He was driving. He wasn't even hiking. No. What is going on in that picture? So I'm trying to tell you. Is that a gear sale? All right. Do I need to whack the tubes? No, I'm just going to. Keep going. I'm going to power, power through, Spesh. <laughs> All right. So this guy was out driving these roads in eastern Oregon, and he got his, his uh, truck stuck. Uh, the next day, he, like, tried to, like, walk out, and um, he's, like, 73, and his two little dogs, like, uh, one of them went back to the truck. Anyway, this other guy was out riding his, his oh. bike, doing some uh, bike touring. Uh, the bike tourer's name is uh, Thomas Quinones. Look at the tent. like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting to okay. it. I'm getting to it. This is my segment. Okay. Sorry, man. I just want to okay. make sure you recognize Oof. that tent. Yeah. So uh, this bike packer, um, he's cruising along on this, you know, uh, dirt road, and he sees this, like, lump on the ground. He thinks it's a rock, and then he gets closer and realizes, oh, no, that's a person. Um, yeah. And then, In the midst of a yard And he, so. was, he was, like, passed out on the road or, you know, uh, collapsed on the road, conscious but not really responsive, and uh, definitely in a pretty bad way, super dehydrated. Um, so this bike packer uh, got out his Six Moon Designs shelter and yeah. pitched it so that he could get this guy into some shade because where they were at, it's just you know open low scrub oh. type stuff. So there was no oh, shade that's why anywhere. The tent was okay. Yeah. So he pitched that sh- that tent to basically try to get the guy some like shade. into some shade. Six wow. months design um, saving and he lives. Hit the, he hit his SOS on whatever I think it was an inReach maybe it said, but hmm. an inReach or or whatever. Um, so the bike packer did all this for the 
the guy who was collapsed. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And At then least somebody was prepared. And then he he fed the the uh, guy's uh, Shih Tzu some peanut butter. Um, to what? S- to, yeah, his Shih Tzu. His Shih Tzu. So one of those tiny little yip yip dogs. Yeah. 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 So, um, but the Shih Tzu had hung out with the guy and was like trying to still help help him. Uh, the other dog, I'm not sure what kind he was, but it went back to the truck and was like, "Screw this! I'm going back to the truck and hanging out <laughs> and waiting for something." Someone's else. not getting any and kibbles. They eventually <laughs> found <laughs> both dogs, and both dogs were were okay. But yeah, the uh, this guy definitely would have been dead if this bike packer hadn't come on and when he did. So pretty good story. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you want to rephrase that last sentence? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should, but no, no, we'll just leave that one. Okay, we'll, we'll let it lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, any more trail news this month? I s- yeah, I, I, I still stories. got more. I still got a few more. Uh, We're on story five of 27. <laughs> We're actually up to 73 now. It's been an active There's going to be a lot. It's just going to be trail news this month. Sorry, <laughs> the whole show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Special edition. Just trail news. Special, um, special edition. Southern, <laughs> Southern Oregon Search and Rescue. So this is a Klamath County Sheriff's Office, um, that district or whatever. They responded to seven SAR calls in 48 hours, Jeez. including a couple that were uh, on the PCT. Uh, and I don't think these were, again, like PCT through hikers, but, you know, recreationists out there um, getting after I it. I think they were actually iguanas. SAR, for those not <laughs> in the know, is what, Dilo? Search and rescue. Thank, Thank you. you. And, you know, I'm not going to go into this story that much other than to say, oh, I'm sorry, actually, one was a thru-hiker, sorry, uh, and uh, probably a dehydration issue there. Um, you just said you weren't going to go into the story? Yeah, sorry. There's going to be a dehydration issue in the studio if we don't get somebody seeing here. So <laughs> all, all, all I do want to say about this story is that is that uh, a lot of these were very classic um, mistakes that if you're prepared at all, you should probably not be making. Hmm. So, um, and then dehydration, which, you know, that's kind of iffy, but, um, what yeah. about the iguana attacks? Just How could prepared. you have prepared for that? <laughs> uh, With a high powered yeah, pellet gun. Open, ca- pellet. open carry of a bunch of high powered pellet guns, obviously <laughs> open carry red flag. Ain't nobody going to take my greens away from me or damage my ornamental garden. Hell no. <laughs> that iguana. Don't tread on my ornamental garden. Don't tread on me. Um, So let's see. Uh, This is another fun one. Uh, An alleged sighting of a Bigfoot led to shots fired in the Kentucky National uh, Park. I'm sorry, Kentucky? Yeah, this is uh, Mammoth Cave. Inside the National Park? Yeah. Someone's (laughs) shooting a gun? At Bigfoot. At Bigfoot. (laughs) At Bigfoot. So there was... uh, It's actually just D-Lo. There was... Digging in the dirt. This uh, this guy and his girlfriend were camped out. (laughs) They'd been hearing like some weird noises or whatever. And um, and then they <laughs> like some local yokel uh, was like, it's a Bigfoot. I'm going to go chase it off or something and like <laughs> runs over into the bushes <laughs> and then shoots in the direction of their tent, claiming that the Bigfoot had popped out from behind their tent and he had shot at it to oh scare it God. off. Mm. We're so, doomed. So these God. people were like, oh, well, cool, cool, cool. Uh, we're going to pack up, get out of here now. So they packed up and like walked out five miles, uh, made a report to the you know park law enforcement or whatever. Uh, they went and talked to the guy. I think they issued him a, a, a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually allowed to have a firearm in many of the really? areas of national parks. You can't bring them into buildings because those are uh, federal buildings. Um, and there's some other restrictions. But, um, hmm. but yeah, you actually can have firearms in national parks. 
what you can't do is shoot them. Is discharge <laughs> yeah, your firearms. That's definitely yeah. not okay. Um, and particularly when you're shooting them in the direction of some other campers because there's a Bigfoot by their tent. Just because Dilo yeah. is gardening behind their tent. Yeah. <laughs> Sans shirt. I don't garden. I mean, hair shirt parts. on, but. He landscapes, all right? God. No, yeah. I, do, I do a fair amount of gardening. Okay. It's cool. I just don't garden. I was trying to elevate. In national parks. Elevate uh, the conversation. Actually, right. Gardening Please is, tell me gardening is It's called topiary sculpture. Which is better? Is gardening higher than it's landscaping? It's the brother. Okay. It's the wolfman's brother. brother. Coming down on you. We okay, get is that the end of trail news? No, it's not. not because even we've got a call. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a call minutes. in a couple minutes, Spesh. you got to Okay, wrap then I'll mention up. this one real quick. Uh, the first hiker to complete the Lakes to Ocean Trail finished, um, I think it was like August 19th or so. This is a, a route that, or a trail that sort of connects a bunch of different routes of access or whatever. Um, it was made in 2013 by Scott Taba Ward. Hmm. And uh, this woman, I'm trying to, sorry, I'm scrolling to find her name. Lakes to Ocean Trail, also known as the Lao Ocean Trail. <laughs> <laughs> no no is that wrong <laughs> i i it, it's is it, that wrong it's incorrect but it's okay. definitely not wrong okay um so yeah allison irian um probably saying her name totally wrong sorry about that allison uh but she finished it um the, she's the first one so this goes through like chicago um bunch of other places and she's former pct hiker some other stuff so congratulations P to her she was hiking for hikeformentalhealth.org uh and trying to raise awareness of uh just mental health issues in the country in general and how it really does affect pretty much everybody triple o um, get her on the show <laughs> uh yeah i was actually going to reach out to her and see if she wants to come on and talk about it yeah. maybe it's a trail cool. a trail of the month get her on the like show that, guys so. um all right oh god Trail news went so long and my battery's almost dead. The, <laughs> the last thing is uh, adventure scientists. Uh, you all may remember oh, yeah. that we had uh, Greg Turnish on before. Yeah. They engage people to go out and collect data that scientists need. Um, so they get, you know, dirt bags like us to go out and, and collect data. Well, they've got one in uh, British Columbia that they're doing uh, that is um, actually right up POD's alley because it's sort of a lake um, focused one. Uh, so definitely check them out. If you're not on their mailing list, get on it because you can find out about uh, some of the things that they've, like projects that they have upcoming. And they do still have some of their other projects going, like uh, I believe Pollinators is still ongoing. And then they've got like a, a tree sampling one too. So. Dilo, how would you, instead of saying get on the trail, how would you say get on the mailing list? Well, it was many years ago now, but I really can't be sure. Sure. That's when it all began then. Top of your mic. When I heard that knock upon my door. Ooh, and the wolfman's brother. I apologize. The wolfman's brother <laughs> came down on me. You can go ahead and just skip forward one minute. If your ears start bleeding, please contact your the nearest telephone was ringing. Okay, I think that's good. That's when I handed it to Liz. She said, what? this really isn't who it should be. Don't, if it really don't reach right. into my crotch. Don't even think about it. And the wolfman's brother, the wolfman's brother, coming down on me. me. Okay. And that's a wrap. All right. Are we done? Is that yeah. all? Awesome. Um, more, that's not really more. how I wanted to end trail news, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay, very good. Special thanks for that. Man, you really persevered. I'm <laughs> proud. <laughs> That was Animals intense, fighting back. You, you guys definitely made me work for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we've got a lot more show to do. But we're going to have Trail Show 6 chair, Liz Snorkel Thomas, who we haven't talked to in a long time, tell us about what she's up to now. So don't go anywhere. Thank you, Brute. You're going to be hearing another one from him later on, a.k.a. Ryan Zinke. We'll see how that goes. So we've got a special interview with one Liz Snorkel Thomas and also Naomi, a.k.a. The Punisher. Um, they're both with Treeline Review, and that's going to be our media review this month. And they're both former hiking partners of mine. Former. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Well, I hiked the Sierra High Route with Snorkel. Yeah. And I hiked the Idaho Centennial Trail with Punisher. Okay. So and they've also been hiking masochists. partners. Yeah, they've hiked the the Great Divide Trail and the Pacific Northwest Trail together. Okay, so I've been hearing about the Treeline mm-hmm. Review for a while now, and I don't know a whole lot about it. And I bet Trail Show Nation may or may not. Some of you are in the know, some of you are not in the know. But we're gonna find out what it is, what they do, and what they review, and maybe they can talk about tent stakes. Ooh. Oh. That would be. Lovely. I don't know. That's kind of our thing, right? Yeah, it is. Maybe um, we we don't let them talk about yeah, tent stakes. Yeah, we can send them a cease and desist. Because <laughs> we've done that true. before. <laughs> yeah, Didn't we? Is, haven't we up. sent snorkel yeah. cease and desist letters before? Not, not for tent stakes, but, no, but for was, other things. Yes, we certainly have. That was hey, ask a hiker. But re- ask a hiker. Repeated violations. Yeah, yeah. flagrant. Yeah. This is unacceptable. All right. Well, let's give them a call, and we might even play. A prank on them. I hope so. I like a prank. Hello, this is the Trail Show Hotline. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the Punisher. And we're going to talk to you this evening about Treeline Review. So please tell Trail Show Nation what is Treeline Review. All right. So Treeline Review is a gear review website. Um, that is built on several tenets. You can beep stuff out, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So our first tenet is buy less sh-. Uh The idea that if you one were to do a comparative gear review where, like, say you're looking at backpacks and you were to compare them and some outdoor media site were like, okay, here's, like, 10 backpacks. Here's the one you should get instead of, say – how most outdoor media does it, where they're like, hey, this is brand new, and we haven't really tested it except in our backyard, but it's really sweet. Uh, you should buy it, and then you bring it on trail, and you're like, oh, this sucks. Um, mm. We're trying to prevent that because, as I'm sure is true for everyone here, um, I have a lot of 
in my garage that I bought for that very reason. And it turned out it wasn't that great. So really our, our, our idea is to take that sort of um, minimalist philosophy of long distance hiking and um, apply it to shopping for gear. See, we were under the impression that all Treeline Review did was unboxing videos and that you, you didn't actually <laughs> I, test any of the gear, and it was just unboxing I videos, thought, right? I thought they just reviewed tree lines. Oh, like the, yeah. That's what I thought it was. The like, tree line on this mountain is very nice. Yeah, like timberline. <laughs> so, so, Snorkel, we've got that wrong. Is that is that what I'm hearing? So, Hello? I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I have a question for More you More or less, although I like that idea of doing comparative review of tree lines. They're so diverse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Can I want to. so muted? No, okay. there's just a delay. Wish. Okay, so Snorkel, I have a question. <laughs> nice. Ding. Um, since What's you guys up? are reviewing different types of gear and whatnot, have you guys been reviewing tent stakes? Well, I actually wanted to come on the show specifically to ask one special. Uh, you know, Treeline Review, one of the things that makes our reviews really cool is that we hire through hikers to write our stories, uh, in addition to non-through hikers, uh, depending on what the story is about. For example, through hikers don't necessarily make the best, like, boating riders. Um, yes. But we do hire through hikers, and um, we often have them go out for very long walks, so to speak, uh, with various gear. And I wanted to use this show as an opportunity to invite Spesh to be our tent stake writer. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. oh, it's taken years for Bribery. my plot to finally pay off, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to send you a cease and desist letter if you. You, you know what's funny stakes. is uh, yesterday um, I was actually going through all of the various tent stakes that I have because I'm getting ready to go to Burning Man. And uh, <laughs> I, and I literally I I'm not even kidding I there are like two dozen different types of tent stakes <laughs> in my in my kit right now it's unreal yeah. boom yeah I have the same problem does anyone on the line tonight have the bear claw tent stakes still <laughs> no just just you, you. just me because I use those all the time on family <laughs> camping trips and they are fantastic on family camping trips. I well yeah. family wait, wait, camping did you trips see the, the bear claw yeah do you remember the bear claw uh, the big yellow one the big yellow the ones. ground claw the ground claw yeah. bear claw yeah bear claw is a donut okay so it's the ground claw <laughs> these all are right come on guys we're talking to the tree line review Sorry. people yeah. Dilo what Dilo, what are you doing this is not your time you're derailing the Dilo? show bro I think the tree line review should review the well specials the ground, ground claw special is going to yeah. be their tent state guys yeah. let's yeah. talk to them about what they are reviewing D-Lo. yeah come on D-Lo. stop sucking up the airwaves so okay. you have you all done a review of podcasts yet <laughs> Ooh, that's a great idea yeah why not uh, did, yeah, you, did you, know, you just I... write that down you just wrote that <laughs> oh, down yeah. didn't you yeah she's gonna do a little seo research on search for that so tell us how yes. how did how did this thing start how did Treeline Review come out of the womb, if you will? Oh, God. Gross. What? Is that, wow. is that not the correct nomenclature? Well, f- first a hiker meets another hiker. <laughs> <laughs> and then they use about um, 10 wet wipes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. No, that's not how it works. First, one hiker offers the other hiker their bag of trail mix, and then the other hiker reaches their hand in. Uh, and then, and then everyone gets geo. And then they're joined forever. Okay, sorry. It's an off-the-rails kind of thing. Go ahead. How did Treeline Review start? So uh, it started um, 
mostly because we had gone through the same process of trying to figure out what is the best gear and not seeing a lot of outdoor media that was very straight about what, what works for through hikers, what works for other outdoors people. And also this general sense that a lot of outdoor media was kind of, um, am I allowed to say douchey on the trail show? Absolutely. Kind of douchey about yeah. it. Like, like bro It wasn't very inclusive. It wasn't very inviting to people who are just trying to figure out how to go on a through hike or how to go kayaking or go snowshoeing. And we really thought this was an opportunity. Uh, as far as we know, we're the only women owned, uh, women run outdoor gear review business of this type. Hmm. Um, and we really thought this was an opportunity. Um, and Naomi and I have hiked quite a few trails together. We, um, have managed to not kill each other on these hikes. So I thought, you know, if I could, if I could trust Naomi on like, you know, defending me against grizzly bears and glacial fords, I could probably run a business with her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and her trail name is the Punisher. So she probably keeps, keeps you in line snorkel. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Well, it's punishing deadlines. I, I keep them. <laughs> I keep them straight. Yep. So and uh, go Naomi ahead, is also very good at getting permits and itineraries and spreadsheets of all sorts uh, in line. Whereas, um, much like I, a POD might have told you how I pack my backpack. Uh, that's kind of more of my way of rolling. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's yeah. just a, a last minute mess is basically what it is. <laughs> It's like, oh, here's that that uh, the granola bar I was looking for. It's in my sock along with my bear spray and my toothbrush. Right next to the teepee bag. <laughs> the used teepee bag. Oh, why? Why, Peter? And the dead iguana. Just out of curiosity, like what, what kind of things have you reviewed recently? Wow, the most recent thing. We just did an update to uh, folding kayaks. What? Which... Yes, if you did not know, these know. actually exist. They're so cool. Origami kayaks. Yeah, yeah, they're basically big, giant origami kayaks. Hmm. And um, yeah, they're, they, they're the company cool. that makes them. I was them... checking them out when we, at uh, at OR okay. last time. I didn't yeah. see them. Um, yeah, well, we 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 released it because they just came out with a tandem version. Believe it or not, so you can have a a tandem folding kayak. It's pretty amazing. Excellent. And they're also coming up with a like an even lighter, smaller version of their single person kayak that, you know, I I, I don't know how they make it any smaller, but they've come up with a new folding pattern. Hmm. And uh, yeah. You know, I'd just like to point out that uh, we we do have a kayaker here in studio. I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah, if you needed to send a foldable kayak to somebody to do some like <laughs> long term testing on, I think out of order uh-huh. would be yes. perfect. Yeah. That's really good to know. Send him the double one and we can hang out. Actually, he just pulled up (laughs) treelinereview.com and he's showing us the various folding kayaks on your website as we speak. Yeah, I've always been skeptical of the folding kayak just because it seems so crazy that you can origami a kayak. So it's pretty it's pretty good to get a good review out of it. And we're sitting here looking at the website and and I'll say that this website is really uh visually pleasing i mean the information is organized really well dilo what's your opinion of their website it looks great as someone who makes websites i'll have to pull it up on my phone to give you the full uh full <laughs> no 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 uh, you need to test phone. you need to look at he's got to see he's, he's just testing to see whether it's optimized yeah the for pictures mobile. are really good uh the layout's really clear so if you want to you know look at something else besides kayak i'm sure the website's set up the same way for other other items <laughs> 
Can and, you, uh, can so you, I, I will say for people who don't like the water like me, we also have an extensive backpacking and long right. distance hiking yes. uh, section, of course, because, you know, that's kind of our wheelhouse. And, uh, for example, on this trail that I'm on right now, I'm sending myself gear to switch out different models of the hmm. same item uh, every about 200 miles or so. Um, you know, cause it takes about 200 miles to figure out whether something's good or not. Um, and then reporting back on whether they're working out or not. So, you know, there's not a lot of gear review, like, you know, like uh, there's not a lot of gear review sites that are willing to like put in that sort of time and sweat and, uh, miles. And, uh, you know, I'm out there doing the miles anyway. Um, Naomi did a bunch of testing on the Arizona trail, uh, when she was through hiking it earlier this year. Yep. So it's, it's nice to get that sort of long-term comparative reviews, um, that, uh, yeah, that's very honest and useful. And yeah. I, and I, all that stuff you can't figure out until you're actually out there for 200 miles or more. I think that's actually a really good point. Cause I've definitely read some gear reviews from publications, which we won't mention, but, uh, <laughs> You know, they, they're like, our gear testers put these things through their paces during a week in a place. <laughs> like, yeah, you've, like, got some dirt on it once. Yeah. Sure, sounds sounds <laughs> like you really put it through the ringer. Yeah. Right. right. I, I One of the gear reviews that we looked at, well, one of the other things that we do, it's a little bit different, is we do a meta review. So before we decide which um, items we're going to test, we will look at what other reviewers are have liked. Um, and we'll also look at what everyday users, you know, customer reviews say, because, you know, let's face it, whenever you or I are looking for stuff, we'll usually go to the one-star reviews and be like, all right, what's the real dirt on this item? Uh, so we do all of that work ahead of time to save people time and money. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was one item that I was looking at where, where a, a media company that shall not be mentioned was like, like, we took this on a trail around golden. I was like, Wait, what? What hardcore trail around Golden is going to give you enough testing? <laughs> really? Come I on. mean, was it a th- three-mile trail, a five-mile trail? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was the road walk up to uh, the high point there in Golden. I don't know. You know, <laughs> walking road shoulders, maybe. I, we took this. We took these pair of shoes out on a, a rugged. 2.2 mile <laughs> loop through Chautauqua Park. Yeah. So w- what's right. on what's on the docket next? What are you all going to review next? We've got bike helmets coming up. Ooh, Delo. I'm, I'm actually D-Lo. Is that going to be bike is helmets. that going to be for like mountain bikes or road bikes or both? These are going to be road bike helmets, commuter commuter type helmets. Delo, did your test purposely crash? I have a bike helmet. Uh, Delo City has so a bike. So our writer for that piece is is a, a professor of outdoor education oh, really? um, and he looked into a lot of the literature on um uh what's the word contortion like like crash statistics essentially hmm. and uh fun fact sad fact fun sad fact is that he actually had been in in a rather severe accident himself and so has some pretty strong opinions on what's needed and not needed in, in a helmet sure now, what I'm hearing though is that you guys don't re- actually review any hiking gear. It's just kayaks and bike helmets. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a little concerned that you know maybe 
Maybe uh, you guys should have called um, the bike show um, or maybe <laughs> the kayak show <laughs> podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Hey, What's going I'm, on? Hey, they, they had a great uh, one on, I think. On, well, I, I would say, you know, our backpacking, our backpacking backpack story is incredibly extensive. And our how to choose a backpacking backpack is uh, has been called by some people whose names I can't remember, like the most extensive how to choose a backpacking backpack story they've ever wow. uh, tested. Um, as someone who was on a very social trail right now that it does not require much navigation, I've seen quite a few people with headphones um, mm. in listening to the trail show, I'm sure. Um, and we did a yes. wireless. They never listened to the trail show. <laughs> we did a wireless <laughs> headphone story specifically for through hikers because, you know, it's actually that big of a deal. Uh, right on. Uh, and, okay. How about this? We also have trail runners coming up. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and if you yeah, if you trailer. follow the Tree Line Review Instagram account, there's some pictures of our very own POD. <laughs> like out yeah, of water. She's exhausted she's... out of water somewhere. Somewhere in Idaho. Made an appearance or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, so how do do you all reach out to companies or do companies reach out to you? How how do you go about acquiring the gear you review? So I would say um, it's a little bit of all of the above. So some okay. of the items we straight up buy. And usually, uh, you know, if we buy it, we have quite a quite a bit of experience with it. Um, with certain items, we'll reach out to the companies um, and return them. In fact, I'm picking up a backpack soon, which has a, has a similar fate where it comes with a return label. Um, I'll take it out for, well, I'll pretty much make it smell really, really bad. Like they're yes. probably not going to want it back, but <laughs> I told them to get it back. To the, <laughs> You're going to make they'll, them they'll regret get, it. They'll get it back whether they want it or not. Yep. Um, yeah. and, uh, I would say that most gear, almost every gear review of the spoiler alert, um, sorry to burst a bunch of people's bubbles, but pretty much every single gear review that you will read, um, by an outdoor media company is done this way where companies will, um, give reviewers items to test mm -hmm. um and uh you know one of the things that makes us special is we'll give them back a really smelly item because we already have enough gear in our garage let me ask you this and, and this might be a, a bit of a touchy subject so feel free to say as much or as little as you want if you're given a product that you review and you decide it's a it's a bad product for whatever reason do you still write like, how do you write that review? Yeah, I would say because we're giving the items back afterwards, um, it gives us a little more, and oftentimes buying the products, it gives us a little more freedom to be objective about yeah. whether they're worth it or not. Um, and we usually, um, the way that we set up since our comparative reviews, we'll pick winners. Um, and because everyone's a little bit different, we have a winner that is best for most people, and we have a winner for people with wide feet. And, I mean, actually, shoes are a little bit different because feet are as we all know, very particular, but, you know, we'll have the best tent for two people versus the best tent for a solo hiker, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be very honest about, okay, these, uh, these are, these are also, um, uh, models that we considered and this is why we chose, you know, we're very honest. This is why we mm -hmm. chose these other ones to be the winners because, you know, they're lighter weight or they're more affordable or they're more durable. Um, okay. and you know, we hope that maybe the, your companies will see them and be like, Oh, we didn't think of that. Yeah. Maybe we should have. Hmm. What's the easiest way for folks to 
check out what you're reviewing? Is it on your website or on Facebook or some other other um, website? Like, what? How do you recommend people check you all out? I was just going to say, yeah, the, the website is definitely the best place to go, treelinereview.com. Um, but we're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. All of the things. Have you, all the things. Have you ever considered doing a podcast? Hmm. Oh. Um, well, so I was listening to a podcast while I was hiking that referred to – have you uh, like a few weeks ago, the New York times wrote a story about how we have reached peak podcast. I, I saw that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And frankly, so we had been, you guys might be better served with a YouTube channel because you're reviewing products and people kind of want to see them. Right. Oh, right. And actually we do have a YouTube channel as oh. well. I'm sorry. I forgot wow. to mention that. So yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And part of our, you know, because our mission is buying less uh, the stories that we have up right now, uh, one of them's about how do you repair a uninflatable sleeping pad on the trail? And Naomi got a leak on the Arizona trail in her inflatable sleeping bag. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shows us how to go through that whole process. And, you know, ideally, we really want to uh, empower people to buy the right gear and, and be able to make small fixes. So there's less gear that ends up in the waste stream that's pretty cool another video that we just put up is um when when do you want to spend money on a you know splurge item versus when can you buy it at target Uh, yeah okay that kind of stuff that's very mags ish yeah the target the target clothes i don't know if you guys have any more questions but i was just going to ask like is there anything that you all want us to know about treeline review that we haven't brought up tonight yeah, you know, I, I also want to just reemphasize the whole environmental, like, we also want less stuff to end up in landfills, not just because it's good for your pocket, but pocketbook, but because it's good for the good for the earth. That's cool. Yeah. S- snorks. So, so I actually have a question related to oh, that. Yeah. Oh. Um, ha- have you, uh, have you all thought about doing any reviews of uh, gear repair services um, or, oh. uh, or maybe doing some reviews of some of the upcycled or recycled or used uh, gear items. Like I know Patagonia has got a whole line of stuff that's like upcycled stuff. That is a really fantastic idea. Um, Are you uh, interested you... in writing that story? Uh, <laughs> you might... stakes. <laughs> you might have a full-time job here yeah, if we don't want job, man. stealing him away from us. <laughs> yeah. I already have one of those too. Chelsea Legal, um, is there... Do we need to put a clause on his yeah. contract to like, yeah. he, you know, I don't know. <laughs> D-Lo, what? what? Yeah. He needs a, he needs a clause. <laughs> a clause. Like a ground clause, 10 yes. sake. Okay. Yes. Snorkel and the Punisher, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking to us about Treeline Review. The website is treelinereview.com and you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. MySpace. Twitter, the internet, Twitter, YouTube, the white pages, uh, uh, Tinder, the dark web, please, on the dark web, christianmingles.com. Uh, uh, they're on Napster too. If you're yeah. still on Napster, um, oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you, thank you both for so you know so much for coming on tonight, and, and thank we'll you for doing what you're doing. I think it's really awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It was great talking yeah, with thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Pod. All right. Thank hasta you. la vista. Good night. Okay. You boys. Bye-bye. You take care. There they go, ladies and gentlemen.
Snorkel and Naomi, aka the Punisher. They just ran out the door to review another bike helmet or folding kayak. I think we're going to lose out of order. He's on their website now. Yeah, like he's lost. It. He's looking at kayaks, just, man. There's a lot of PFDs. Oh my gosh. PFDs. You don't want oh me to gosh. live if I fall into the river? Wow. <sighs> Do you really want me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> call the Trisha. Call the Trisha. 720-893-2269. Oh, we're going to start off with a very important call from none other than. What's up, Trail Show? This is D. Bobby Walter. Oh. you live from Akron, Ohio. So I wanted to call and give you guys a little story about how I got some of my trail names, such as Bubble Wrap or Mudslide. If any of you follow me on any form of social media, you know that I am a huge klutz. Every trip I fall down at least once. So this story is no exception. Uh, this was at the beginning of the year. It was the first first uh, backpacking trip of the season. It was like April, I think. So my friend Dangerous Darren and I and our other friend Josh decided to Darren. go on a little overnight. And Josh. And... Uh, <laughs> partake in some extracurricular activities. Hey, now. Um, So I did fantastic the whole time, the whole weekend, no problems. A half a mile from the car, we are just trucking along. We're tired. We're dirty. We're ready to get home. A half a mile from the car, there's a route in the middle of the trail. I'm not paying attention. And, of course, my dumb self catches my foot on it, and I fall. Well, I fell so hard and so fast that both water bottles shoot out of my side pockets of my pack and fly past my face, and one of them whacks Darren in the leg. I hit the ground so hard and so fast that I knocked the wind out of myself. And I don't know if you've ever tried to laugh with the wind knocked out of you, but you sound like a baby seal, or at least I did. Um, Josh was behind me. Freaking out, thinking I had killed myself. I'm sorry, Darren can, we, can we just get a quick... I whacked him in the leg with my water bottle. Baby seal. You want a baby seal? Yeah. yeah I, you I, got a baby seal sound back? I, I'd yeah. really love to hear the baby Please. seal. Well, why don't you give us what you would think it would sound like? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sounds okay. Right. All right. All right. So everyone has that in their head. Back to this Bobby. is what Bobby sounds like. Back to Bobby. So, yeah. That's just one of my fantastic adventures of falling down. Uh, ended up with a giant goose egg on my leg, but I was fine. Made it back to the car. We got home. All was good with the world. <laughs> so that's my story. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye, Bobby. So you see, you Thanks. too can call the Trail Show hotline like celebrities such as Bobby Walter. Yeah, tell us how you got your trail name. Why yeah. not? Yeah, that's a good one. That's easy. That's you a got, good one. If you got a cool trail name or a not or so a cool... One. 
Yeah, like if you got a chill name like Flounder. Or Poop Finger. Why don't you call in? <laughs> Did you say Poop Fang? Poop Finger. Poop, poop Finger. I yeah. said Poop Fang. Poop Finger. Poop Thang. <laughs> no, my name, my yeah, call name in. Is poop well, finger. We actually had a second call about Bobby Walters, too. So let's play that. It's short. Okay, let's get this straight. Definitely T-H-E. Maybe Walters, but not Booby or Mudfly. Wow, know. that was quick. There's a, there's a lot. Of, oh, sorry, sorry. There's sure. a lot of controversy over Bobby Walters' trail names, so not okay. Booby or Mudslide. What is it? The the. Just the. They just call her the. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. What's your name? The the <laughs> the what? The the. Did I stutter? <laughs> All right, we're gonna go into a call right now with someone, a trail show VIP we haven't spoke to in a long time. Mr. Cliff Kipp of the Montana Conservation Corps, a favorite of Delos. Oh, my God. Wow. I think we just threw something in the garbage can. <laughs> a favorite of Delos. It was a dead A iguana. favorite of mine. A favorite of everybody. We're going to see what the MCC's been, been up to this summer so far. And there's talk of a Bigfoot sighting. Um, so we're going to find were, out what's going on with that. <laughs> All right. Shots fired. Let, let's give Cliff Kipp a call right now. And you know what? We might even play... Uh, Frank Frank on him. him. All right. Calling Cliff Kip. Greetings. What's up, Cliff Kip? It's Disco Dilo, Special 41, Triple O, and POD from the Trail Show. How are you doing this evening? Oh, well, I am doing very well. Thank you very much. How are all of you? We're great. What are you drinking, man? Oh, I'm going with the adult juice, the hazy little thing. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. One of my, I was having one of those last night, Cliff Kip. Oh, what are you guys drinking? Oh my gosh, we've got a couple what, what of local aren't favorites. We we've got uh, three different beers this evening. We've got the double digit hazy IPA from Avery Brewing Company. We've got the German style Pilsner from Upslope Brewing. And what else do we have special? It's a raspberry blonde. Uh, it's a blonde ale from Four Noses Brewing Company. Boom. Very nice. Very nice. So, Very nice. Well, uh, what all what all topics have you been covering tonight? Uh, well, we just talked to a, a couple of friends of the Trail Show about their new company where they review things, um, mainly gear related things. Uh, but we did we started out the show with uh, Trail News, which covered a whole lot of bear attacks, mountain lion attacks, and even a wolf attack up in Canada. Apparently, the last thirty days has seen a plethora of animals attacking people and a I, bigfoot attack i've definitely got a theory that the animal kingdom is rising up <laughs> maybe you might be right that's true that uh glacier in glacier the highline trail which is on the connell divide uh got closed a, a portion of it from logan pass to swift current pass got closed uh for uh for aggressive grizzly activity and then Ooh. the rising sun campground i think still has a restriction on, uh, like, they require hard-sided campers, um, so no tents. Cause, and I love wow. how they just read it in the paper, right? But it's like a, a bear, a black bear was aggressively shaking a tent. <laughs> you just think of what that oh my uh, God. individual. It, it, That's we, not funny. It's not funny for yeah, those it, people that went through that. It's not funny. But. Not, not at all. If it had been gently shaking the tent, That'd be okay. that would have been hilarious. Or maybe just nose breathing right. onto it. Yeah. That'd be okay. Some, like, heavy <laughs> nose, nose breathing. So, uh, Cliff Kip, Cliff Kip, tell us what yeah. has the MCC been aggressively tacking this summer? 
Oh, nice segue. Uh, all manner of outdoor activities, uh, most notably um, trail work, some fencing, a fair amount of fuels reduction. We were getting a little bit into um, the kind of forest health and fuels reduction game, uh, which is mm. pretty new to our particular office at the MCC. That's not, it's not new for a lot of cores, but um, yeah, we're starting to see, I think generally we could say there's a shift from a recreation focus uh, from our land management partners to uh, most notably the, the Forest Service to um, things like Forest Health. Um, and even, I mean, the Park Service, so Glacier, you know, had that bad Howe Ridge fire last year and uh, a bunch of, there's believe it or not, a bunch of private property within the national park there right around Lake McDonald. And some um, <clears throat> some private properties got burned up and they got really angry at the park service for not doing enough. And the park of service course. is sort of like, you know, we're a park. Um, and so that's, that's been a hot, <laughs> button, a hot button issue. And it's been great. It was a really good year. We tried out some new things. We started a middle school program, so getting them started a little bit early. Um, yeah. The the dose, as it were, is just a week where they're out. Our guys were doing huckleberry surveys and some other citizen science, um, but it's really just a chance for them to be out for a week. Um, then we have like a middle school expedition where they're out for four weeks straight, um, and then high school um, high school paid, so like YCC, kind of classic YCC, where they're just going out for day trips. Uh, we run ran two weeds crews this year. Um, no jokes, please. We're, it's not legal here in Montana. Dude, wait, uh, wait, wait. Uh... I actually met a weed crew in Idaho this summer. And I was like, oh, right on, why man. don't you, you guys, want... why don't you guys have shirts that say weed crew on them? <laughs> like if I worked for the weed crew, I would absolutely want a shirt that <laughs> no. said weed crew. Yeah. And 420 I on know. the front. We, and then they could go out the... on the Huckleberry <laughs> survey. Yep. <laughs> 406, 420. Yeah, seriously, those guys got they got they got waylaid in the Huckleberry Patch. Right. Uh, we found a lot, but we totally lost track of how uh, many. No, no. I said we uh, found lots of Huckleberries, but we lost track of how many. Yeah, exactly. We, exactly. Ate them all, we didn't get an accurate count. We just <laughs> ate them all. Really juicy. Uh, yeah, so we did. Uh, we call them we call them wildland restoration teams, and then we do a lot of discussion during the recruitment where we're clear about the actual work they'll be doing. Uh, but it was, it was great. We, uh, one of those crews is stationed at big Prairie, um, in the Bob. So 30 miles deep for a solid eight weeks, Ooh. um, just doing backpack spraying and living in the woods. Um, and then the other crew, we pretty, we, the, the hope is to devote that to Glacier park. Uh, right now we, this year we did mostly front country weed stuff. Uh, hope to, you know, get into into packing into the park and have some there's some local donors this is interesting have some local donors who love to pack with yak they own they own a bunch of yaks um and uh, this particular couple you could do your a show just on these people but um they uh raise minute champion miniature donkeys and they also rescued a camel uh but they have uh there's like a camel rescue uh network believe it or not what and um so, yeah, are you sure that, that this isn't like a circus no, or a serious. menagerie I, you went to? I or? would not kid you guys. Is this I part of the weed crew thing? <laughs> I want to know how, yeah, how fierce is the championship going on here? competition. <laughs> Hold on, I think I know what's going on. Did did y'all also anyway. do a mushroom survey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
feel like we're crossing some professional boundaries here. I'm uh, sorry, man. Please. So, we're not. No, no, it's okay. We don't have professional uh, yeah. boundaries. I, I didn't realize. Come on, let Cliff speak, please. He's telling us about. It's the, okay. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so we're hoping that we'll be able to do backcountry. It'd be super cool uh, to, to do, to go back backcountry doing some weed spraying with yaks packing the group. Um, but, you know, we'll see. That time will tell. Um, and then we ran, what's really cool is we ran a, we call it the Picani uh, Lands Crew, which is uh, it's how the Blackfeet refer to themselves. And so it's all Blackfeet uh, youth and young adults. And they did, those guys did four weeks on the CDT. Um, thank you, Brenda Yankoviak, if you're listening. Uh, She's not. They, uh, <laughs> She's not. Uh, hey, come on. She, they, might be. she might be. She might be the Could one. Be. Uh, so that was great. They did a ton of brushing and drainage work right as the CDT pops out onto Highway 2. And then we did a week in the park on the on the park side uh, of Highway 2, of Autumn Creek Trail, a lot of brushing. So um, hopefully the hikers out there are a little bit less wet as they're crossing Highway 2 um, in the morning because the morning do. So um, that was it. I mean, it's, it's been a good season. We just wrapped up all the summer programs, which is all the, you know, youth and high school and the Blackfeet crew. And now hmm. uh, we've got about six, six adult crews that are going to run through the end of October. Clear. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Dilo wants to know when you're going to have a preschool crew out there. He wants to send his kids up. Yeah, we're coming up, Cliff. Let me know when you want the seven-year-olds and the uh, four-year-olds. Oh man, absolutely. I want. That's funny. My kids are the same age, and yeah. uh, we had them out had them out on Trails Day uh, this year, and they were good for about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured as much. But I kind of want you to watch them for like a week and a half. Ah, uh, see what's going thing, on. Right? Maybe you, you could know? do like a family, you know what? Yeah. A, funny a week-long family just, type. No, of trip. no, no, no. You Cliff just call Kip, it daycare. Cliff Kip sounds like a yeah, very exactly. child-friendly person, man. I think he could watch my kids for a week <laughs> and a half. You know uh, what? That is hilarious. Maybe too. There are so many parents. There are so many parents who are like, "No, this would be really good for my son or daughter." And the son or daughter is like, "Yeah, I'm not really into it. My parents just want to do it." And the parent and the parents are like, "No, no, no, it'd be great. Like you guys could just you guys just keep them for four weeks, you know?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, you're gonna need to give us a viable telephone number. And they're like, "Oh, I think this is the right one." <laughs> you know what? The last time we had Cliff on the show, D'Lo tried to get an MCC crew to come down to his backyard and, oh, and do right. a bunch of free work. Yeah, yeah that and didn't now yeah. and now he's trying to like pawn his kids off. I on, mean, this on, is how things turn. This is Cliff, yeah. I feel like the last time we talked to you, which was, I think it was two summers ago. I don't know how we didn't have you on last summer, but we didn't. Um, you, I mean, you were talking to us about like various like trail maintenance projects. And now you're talking to us about middle school groups and high school groups. And you got uh, Blackfeet res- uh, Reservation Group. Like, man, you guys, you guys, and you're doing, um, you're doing like forest management essentially. And weed. Like, what, what, what has happened? What, did, did the trail show bump? expand your budget so much two years ago that now you've got like you know triple <laughs> triple the amount of dollars and, and and four times the amount of people like what and, happened or, or, or was it that you threatened to go back on the trail show if they didn't give you more yeah. funding yeah it was, more, it was more likely the latter i was very i was very uh careful about who i shared the link with uh yeah no it's um no i, I think it's really it's representative of you know being being a private nonprofit where we have a lot of autonomy about what we pursue. We've got really capable staff who have been around for a long time. So when you pitch them a new idea about like a different crew size or different, you know, project focus, 
Um, they, they can see how the pieces would fit together pretty quickly. And probably most importantly, we're trying to be responsive to what our partners are asking for. So, you know, a seven-person backcountry trail crew is a wonderful experience for an AmeriCorps participant. We've developed over time, you know, a, a certain acumen in that, um, in that arena, but it's not the best tool for the application for, you know, in all cases for what the partners need. So like for these weeds crews, it's a, it's a much smaller crew um, and they need very specialized training and we can adapt to that quickly and provide a new model um, of, a, of a crew type. So I think it's, it's mostly in response to what our partners are, um, are asking for. The, now the middle school stuff, I mean, that's just uh, representative of our values of trying to engage. I mean, I think, 2014, we set a strategic plan goal for like a thousand youth a year, mm. um, and it was just out of the blue. Nice, nice big number, um, and uh, and then you can kind of question like, well, does that like each youth, you know, are they out there for two hours or out there for 40 hours, or you know, what is it? And um, so we've hemmed and hawed about like what's the dose for each age group. But uh, yeah, I mean, we really you might we not want, want to use the word wanted... dose. You're going to cross some professional boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to help you with your PR, that's all, and marketing. You know? My bad. My bad. Can we start this over? You guys yeah. want to start, start, like <laughs> start the interview over? Take it from the top. I have a question. It sounds like you're really good at thinking about the needs of kind of the outdoor use and the forest service and the people that you're involving. Like, what are their needs for the youth and what are the needs for the, the weed crew and, like, the donkeys and the camels and stuff? Do you feel like your degree in philosophy is what really gave you the skills required to to manage all of this? Totally. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> digging digging in the crates for that bio, oh, bio reference there. Yeah. Um, uh, you heard it here, folks. You know, I, go get your somebody, philosophy degree. Said, take out a lot of debt. <laughs> yeah. And then hide uh, Actually, AmeriCorps helped me pay off my school loans. Oh, good. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's possible. Little plug for AmeriCorps. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, somebody says, can you do this? I usually say yes. And then uh, and then we try to figure out how that – me and my staff try to figure out how to actually deliver on that yes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, what is – what I thought of as conservation as a 16-year-old – and what I think of as conservation now are two very, very different things. And to be to have our crews out on an active timber site, timber harvest site, um, you know, a part of like one of the cogs in the wheel uh, or the machine to to get trees out of the forest. At one time, I would have just been just you know not into that at all. And yep. now I see how that's a part of the bigger picture of managing the land. And I see. Our participants. I was. I've been preparing myself this season uh, to hear from those participants. Like, oh man, you sold us a bill of goods. You know, I thought I was going to be doing conservation and forest health, and you had me out there marking trees uh, for a timber sale. Um, and uh, instead, they're like, wow, this really seems to be where the rubber meets the road for the Department of Agriculture, the the agency that's responsible for growing, you know, trees and national forests. Um, and they're, you know, they they get that that 
like frontline view of forest management. And yeah. um, it's, it's really interesting. So uh, yeah, I mean, certainly like my, I like to say that kind of thing a lot. Like my philosophy degree lets me see like the bigger picture sometimes. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Cliff, real, real quick question. So I'm a forester by profession and I have marked my fair share of forest management and thinning projects. So are your, are your crews actually marking the trees that are going to be removed? So uh, in this on this particular project, they've been doing eight weeks. So they, this this crew, they did four weeks of fuels reduction and fire line and fuel breaks, and then they did eight weeks of timber marking, and then they're going to go back and do another four weeks of wow. fuels and uh, and uh, fire line and uh, fuels reduction. And um, so in this case, they are marking the leave trees and the okay. boundaries. So they had to do a bunch of tree ID ahead of time. Yeah. We we had them job shadow with the the Forest Service district that they're going to be working with. So their their training period normally, you know, we have two weeks of training for our core members, uh, mm-hmm. our crew leaders. We put a bunch more training into them. So that but during that two weeks for the core members, um, yeah. they had a week of like MCC specific stuff, and then a week where they were just out with the forest timber crew. Um, and wow. watching them do their thing and studying tree ID. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, the forest has been, uh, the flathead forest has been pretty close with them. They have somebody out there with them most days. Um, but once they, you know, developed a certain, um, aptitude and the forest kind of lets them do their thing. And I was, uh, that, so I just went on a site visit this week and that was kind of coming up in my mind again and again, like, like if these guys mark the wrong stuff, <laughs> there are high stakes, you know, and, yeah. and ripple effects, but they're demonstrating that they're capable. And I mean, that's actually shouldn't be that surprising that a 20 something who is, I mean, there are probably three or four forestry students on this crew. They, they joined our region of MCC specifically for this forest health program. And, uh, uh, an opportunity and, you know, they're going to get, they're likely going to get hired by the forest yeah. service, by this district, uh, where they're going to have an offer by the time they walk away, um, because they've just been that invested and they're that, they're that capable of it. So it's not like, right. you know, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit the, the, uh, the industry, um, because it definitely takes some level of aptitude, but, uh, but these guys are capable and it, you know, the ramp up hasn't been that difficult. That's pretty cool. I, you know, I, I'm not aware of any other conservation corps crews that are doing that type of work. I mean, you might, there might be a, a, a bunch, I don't know. Is MCC the only folks doing this kind of work or do you know of other conservation corps doing it? I don't, but I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes the case in the next five to 10 years. Um, I do know a lot of cores do a lot, a lot of cores do fuels, right. Um, and fuels could be different than like pre-commercial thinning, um, you know, there, there are, uh, professional crews out there that do pre-commercial thinning and tree planting and that kind of thing. And, and they do it much faster than a core would do it. Right. Um, but insofar as like developing that pathway to employment, um, there's some value for the agencies to be investing in cores, um, and partners like us, uh, because they can kind of test drive the workforce and then turn right around and hire them. But yeah, so I, you're right. Maybe, maybe I don't, I can't say that I know of other cores doing timber marking. Um, you guys are but, cutting uh, edge, man. Cutting edge. There you go. Yeah. No pun intended. Hey, do you know, <laughs> do you know, have you all gotten got any, any folks on cruise because they heard of you from the trail show? Are you aware of any of that? 
Uh, one girl last Whoa. year. Yes. No doubt. Yes. 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 All yeah. right. We, uh, now I'm going to have to think of her name. Priscilla Lee, if you're listening. Priscilla Lee, boom, bam. We figured out love. who our one Priscilla listener is. Our hero. Awesome. In Montana. That's Priscilla our one Lee listener traveling to different countries around the world downloading the But you know, show. We, we had a Colorado. Um, yeah. Uh, the Colorado Mountain Club. Yeah, the CMC. We had them on and interviewed them, and a trail show listener heard that interview and then applied for a volunteer position with them and was hired onto one of their crews. So and she's permanent now. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. We got to get Cliff Kip a permanent MCC person that heard about heard his interview on the Trail Show and and was and heard about the Weed Crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff, are you still? I think that we're going to get a lot of traction. We're going to get a lot of traction with the weed crew now. Cl yeah. Cliff, are you still based in Kalispell? I am, yep. I'm one of four four offices for MCC. Okay, I want to sidetrack you just a little bit for a moment. So earlier tonight, um, we had a story about a gentleman, uh, which is putting it nicely, who was in Kentucky, and he was he was actually in Mammoth Caves National Park, and he was shoot, <laughs> shooting his gun because he was convinced he saw a Bigfoot that was running around the national park. And um, my I'm understanding... Sorry, just, you know, factually, that's not correct. Okay. It, it had popped out from behind the tent <laughs> oh, I see. of some adjacent campers. Okay. And okay, he back, shot it back at the tent it. with it, campers in the tent. Okay, and so my understanding... the reason oh my I, God. Cliff, the reason I bring this up <laughs> is that my understanding is that Calspell has had a bit of Bigfoot activity recently. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, it just so <laughs> happens uh, that... There is a recent – I've actually taken – Just you started talking, and I, I just had to pull this up here in front of me. Um, there was a uh, letter to the editor that uh, me and my posse found recently, and we're circulating within our ranks just for um, – you know, because it's important. This is important information. So let me, if you don't mind, I'll just read this please, to you. Please. Uh, this is – this is from the Daily Interlake, which is our local paper. Can, um, can you please read paper. it in like a newsman voice? <laughs> <clears throat> or well, so it's it's a it's an opinion piece. So um, maybe maybe I'll read it in like a whiny resident kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so it's titled Bigfoot Awareness. <clears throat> Many Montanans have recently grown suspicious of Bigfoot reports in the Whitefish area even though the tourist trade and local politicians deny they exist. Their motives are obviously to protect whitefish income from the tourists arriving from Hollywood and New York City. I assume they don't care about endangering Montana. The Environmental Protection Agency refuses to protect these animals, even though they have multiplied as far down south as Kalispell. Turns out Kentucky, too. Uh, but the <laughs> <laughs> the EPA answers the public by sending sarcastic remarks like, quote, is this you again? <laughs> quote, er, end quote. <laughs> this is irresponsible for a government agency when clearly, oh, this is a miswriting mis, mis here, uh, when clearly it, it, the danger is at the expense of our habitat. I find it offensive, careless, and typical of much of the Trump government and their moronic supporters. Last Saturday night, my friend's mother-in-law, Alice, excuse me, Alice largely, was found <laughs> stuck in her bathtub, hyperventilating when these reports first came out over her radio. 
<laughs> we, might need to, we might need to read this. We should read this twice. <laughs> Firemen in the Whitefish vicinity had to tell her children not to worry that they would have this largely set free by the end of the week. This <laughs> is plainly another victim. Few people in our local governments have listened to the outcry of progressive Montanans about Bigfoot, atta- Bigfoot attacks on sheep, goat, and Swiss hikers that occasionally get captured by these animals <laughs> while vacationing in our area. With the, you would think that that would maybe be enough for a letter to the editor, but it's not. Two more paragraphs. I mean, with, why stop with, there? With, with the exception of some presidential candidates like Bernie Sanders, few, if any, reply to my letters or pay attention to a clear and present danger to our community. I'm now asking Montanans to force media outlets to get their priorities straight. America is a country inhabited by much more than humans. We need awareness for Bigfoot attacks. So write, vote, cogitate, nagitate. You never know when the next victim might be you. Mike Donahue, Kalispell. Wow. wow. Wait, so does Mike Donahue have pet iguanas by any <laughs> chance? What was the name of the lady in the bathtub again? <laughs> and Bernie Sanders is for Bigfoot? I mean, that, well, that tracks, yeah. actually. Was her name was Alice Largely? Miss Largely is wedged in and a stuck in her bathtub. It, was she stuck in the tub because of Bigfoot? Yeah, that's a, a common Bigfoot hunting <laughs> technique. I'm a little confused. That's con- it's really... This- this piece, this piece covers a lot of ground. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. do a show just on that letter, Cliff. Maybe that's our I next mean, show. You could probably do a dissertation on that letter. Yeah, you guys, I think you have to, you have to link or you have to show because this guy sent you, I sent you this JPEG. You need to somehow link yeah. this to the show, man, because we can do it's that. like. We you, can do this. You cannot believe it unless you read it. But I mean, I, it's I read for real. It, I, I mean, like, I well, believe. <laughs> Did anybody get Alice? Did anybody get Alice out of the tub? Is she still in the tub? Prob- you know? Probably, yeah, probably, should. because the big feet trap you in the tub, and then they wait for rescuers so they can get more meat to kill. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute, clever. Cliff. Cliff, it's common knowledge. I don't know Cliff. why you guys don't know this. Have you seen Bigfoot? I know, but I, I told you last time we talked. Last time we talked, there's there's apparently somebody in East Glacier that has a Bigfoot toenail. It's on. Uncor- and they were going to make a yeah they're going to make a whole museum based around that one artifact um and believe it or not the funding fell through but, oh uh, thanks for the update I on think that it's one of Dilo's toenails have you so seen the size I think, of his big, his I, big I, toe i oh think God. what we want to do with the bigfoot toenail is basically extract the dna and recreate bigfoot from the toenail in the laboratory. We don't yeah. have to recreate. Yeah. Apparently, there's yeah. Bigfoots all over Kalispell. I, I attacking just, Swiss and hikers Kentucky. and large women, and nobody yeah, cares. All, all we have to do is put a, a really large size bathtub out there, put in some <laughs> some large Swiss hikers, <laughs> and, and we will have a Bigfoot. Yeah, that was an interesting call out for s- not just hikers, <laughs> but Swiss hikers. Well, well they, they carry they all the chocolate. Yeah, they eat a lot of chocolate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot aren't that. Well, and yeah, that, you're right. That is. That is an interesting call out, not to mention the Hollywood and the New York City call out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I saw, I saw some stats that Montana doesn't rank that high on, um, on the list of prevalent Bigfoot sightings. Um, I think down south actually is more. But I would be interested to know how many of your listeners, many of whom spent untold days mm-hmm. in the woods, 
how many of them have witnessed Bigfoot, you know? And uh, I will tell you this. You guys know Dirtmonger. Dirtmonger was passing through here. Uh, He was here in early July and then at the end of July. It was wonderful to see that guy. Much love, Dirtmonger. And uh, he and I talked about this. He had never, he's never seen a Bigfoot. And that guy's been in the woods more than anybody I know. Yeah. Um, And so, I'm I'm a little skeptical because if if a Bigfoot isn't friendly to a through hiker who's like you know probably not carrying any weapons, not all that threatening, probably pretty mm-hmm. skinny, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. then, not then good who eating. is who is Bigfoot who's who is Bigfoot interacting with? Yeah, well, you hear it, Trail Show Nation. Cliff has put out the call. Call the Trail Show Hotline with your yeah. Bigfoot story. Yeah, Cliff, you don't know this, but we have a hotline that it's a phone number people can call in and leave a message. And, man, it's been blowing up. It's been taking off. So we're going to encourage listeners, if you've got a Bigfoot story, if you've seen a Bigfoot or heard a Bigfoot or been stuck in a bathtub because of a Bigfoot, or, please or call the Trail Show Hotline. Or behind your tent and your neighbor shot at you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe you were raised by Bigfoot. Yeah. We'll Maybe take, your mom was a Bigfoot. If, if you self-identify as a Bigfoot. Yeah. Let us or know. if you're a Swiss hiker. And yeah. you've been attacked <laughs> by Bigfoot. Scared. Yeah. Some yeah. request if you know if you know whether or not Alice Largely is okay. Please call us. <laughs> yeah, we need Important. an update on yeah, Alice we, Largely. We do need an update on Alice Largely. Uh, <laughs> Cliff, <laughs> all joking aside, thanks for, so much for coming on the show tonight. And man, it sounds like MCC is taking the world by storm right now. Absolutely, it is. It is my distinct pleasure to connect with you all again, and uh, looking forward to the next time. Thank you for the. You know, props to MCC. I love my job. It's a great place to work. And, and, and uh, you know, go ahead. And let us know when you're in Colorado. I absolutely will. No, oh. I'm, Dirt and I were talking about that. Oh, so Cliff, one thing. Make that. One thing before you go. What a, think about a big fit, Bigfoot cultivation. <laughs> big fit. I think Bigfoot, that Bigfoot is fit. Bigfoot cultivation program. You could raise Bigfoots. I like it. Yeah. Big feet. They probably want to serve. Yeah. Think, what if we had. Bigfoot could probably dig berm turns better than a mini. That's right. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the same Put the thing. Bigfoot to they, work they could for probably you. have like a Pulaski in in one hand and like a San Angelo bar in another. But a Bigfoot yeah. size Pulaski. I mean, oh, yeah. if anything, it could be like you could be some good T-shirts for MCC. You know, yeah. I mean, it could just say Weed <laughs> Crew. No, it's gonna say Weed Crew, and then there's gonna be a picture of Bigfoot on it. That's fancy. Smoke oh, it. I love it. You know, what? I see. Spend some time with the trees. It could be like, and there could be like a bathtub, like the Bigfoot in the bathtub. <laughs> that was large. Yes. And Bigfoot's got to be, yeah, 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 big spliff. Oh, my God, folks. <laughs> the, the website is mtcorps.org. Is that right? Yep. mtcore.org. That's right. MT-Core. Find us on the interweb. Find them on the internet, interweb. And are there any volunteer opportunities left for this year, or are we going to have to wait till 2020? Yeah, we just uh just started asking our partner agencies uh, who might like interns for next year. So we're starting to, uh, I think in the next month or so, we'll have intern applications up. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we're starting to, we'll be looking for leaders starting next uh, February. So uh, the position will probably open in October coming up. Cool. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll certainly be running like National Public Lands Day events uh, all around the state. So that's a, that's a good opportunity to volunteer. Um, but yeah, starting to, starting to already look at 2020. That's crazy, but uh, it's true. And make sure you tell Cliff Kip that the trail show sent you and you want to be on the weed crew. Exactly. Yes. The weed crew. All right, folks. It's (laughs) mtcorps.org. 
Cliff Kip, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. We will talk to you next time. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks, y'all. Have a great night. Good you night, too, Cliff. man. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right. Take care. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Cliff Kip. Nice. He's a nice man. man. He's, getting, well, he's getting it done out yeah. there. Yeah, like, he's doing great things. But have you ever done trail maintenance on weed? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know, Disco, we have a call that's actually related to your forestry experience that you were just talking about. You might not be able to. Call the trail show. Hi, trail show. We are on the road from Frederick, Maryland to Nashville, Tennessee, and listening to the latest episode of the trail show. And Disco mentioned some deciduous trees or something. And I was wondering <laughs> what his thoughts are on kudzu throughout kudzu. the South. And if there's anything that can be done to prevent it or get rid of it, or if there's conservation measures being taken to rid the area of it. Kudzu. We need an expert opinion. K-U-D-Z-U. If you're not familiar, if you're not from the Southland, you don't know about this this horrible plant. So It's like a terrible vine. It, like, it is. It, is it, it will just like cover a forest. It will cover a forest. It's known to grow up to an inch a day. That's <laughs> and, and so multiply how many days are in the growing season of the South, which is many months. It can literally take over entire forests. It chokes out trees. It it takes. It's it's nuts. It grows like yeah. a weed. So if we were to plant some of this at like sixteen hundred Pennsylvania, <laughs> <laughs> it would it would grow, without yeah. a doubt. I mean, but okay. honestly, I back when I was growing up, you'd hear about people burning it to get rid of it, and that can lead to other problems if if you don't control <laughs> that fire i've heard of people like using gasoline to kill it like all kind of all manner of horrible things which i wouldn't recommend um honestly i don't know what the current you know what the current recommendation is but if you've got if you're dealing with kudzu all i can say is godspeed yeah my dad bought kudzu for like years it's a losing he like battle, had a man. tractor he would mow it down it would come back come right mow back. it down he'd come back yeah, yeah so you can't. basically just move to Colorado. And by the way, sir, I wasn't talking about deciduous trees. I was talking about coniferous trees, specifically the loblolly pine, which <laughs> I recommended Death March Bob Tromley plant so that he didn't have to look at his neighbors while he was eating dinner. Get it right. But that's a story for another day. We got to take a break. When we come back, we've got Trail of the Month, which we haven't done yet, so <laughs> don't go anywhere. announcement on leaving no trace my legendary efforts of leaving no trace were cut short i need your help i tried to leave no trace of oil natural gas national parks and those pesky spotted owls 
So let's double our efforts to leave no trace of these things in 2020. I, Ryan Stinky, approve of this message, but I would never listen to the trail show. Thank you, Ryan wow. Stinky. We appreciate that. All right, uh, let's check in with the beer, D'Lo. The beer is awesome! Yeah! How's the Very beer, D'Lo? How's the beer? Well, let's see. We have three beers. Three beers. We have each had all of the three beers yeah. at this point. Mm. I personally am a big fan of the double-digit hazy IPA. Is that your second one? It is. Or is that your third one? No, it's my second one. Okay. And I feel like at 10% ABV, this is a very sessionable. <laughs> like you could have six and it's okay? It's a very sessionable double IPA as far as double IPAs go, double digit IPAs go. Yeah. You know, crack one of those about 11.45 on a Saturday. You'd be doing good. About two in the afternoon. Yes, sir. Or 11.45 on a Sunday morning. You know, yeah. whatever. Whatever yeah. works. Take one before church. One, mm-hmm. one and, yes, sir. One D- halfway through. Dilo, you got to talk talk into the top of that microphone. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what. That's why we're going. Also, I see that there are three of us with the red beers cracked now. The raspberry blown. This is a good summer beer. Yeah, yeah. I have, I've actually drank quite a few of them this summer. Have uh, you? As a garden beer. Yeah. Mm, this and there's another raspberry beer. one which we're not drinking, so I'm not going to actually name. But. Both of those I've okay. drank quite a bit of. So the Raspberry Blonde from Four Noses is quite nice because it's not too low on the ABV side. Of yeah. That's formidable. That's probably why it tastes so good. 6.6, I believe. Can we go to Trail Show Hotline again, Triple uh, O? Yes. Yes, we can. Here we go. Call the Trail Show. Yo, try this one, Trail Show. I'll say it just once. You count the few monthly episodes we've been together on over the years. Do you measure the short leash you kept me on? You have no idea how bad it gets without you. I'm not you. I can't make it on a couple of high-altitude theoretical hiccups sprinkled on throughout the year. I wish I knew how to quit you. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to listen to the trail show. The Brute out. Uh, I think that guy, uh, uh, <laughs> that guy, wait a minute, is from the Weed Crew. No, no, no. That, he said Brute out. I know that man. Bruce, he's doing promos for us, and he's leaving distraught. <laughs> wow, we just <laughs> threw that in the trash can. Apparently, delete. Uh, sorry about uh, that. I Bruce. guess we right. need to delete this. Sorry, I got better at that. We have a third beer here. We do have a third beer. It is the Pilsner German, German style. Pilsner export Pilsner from. Upslope. Upslope. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the name escaped sure. me. Uh, yes, yeah, from Upslope. How yeah. is it? It's, it's good. good. Yeah. It is good. I think it's delicious. It's a very good example of that style of it beer. It is. Mm, yeah. It's really Lovely. good. Trail of the month, POD. Yeah. So we thought about maybe trying to force you to condense a 500-mile hike into a one-minute trail trip re- recap, and then we thought that wouldn't quite do it justice. So... We've already covered the Idaho Centennial Trail on our previous trail show a couple of years ago. We had Clay Jacobson, yep, Clay Cub in, in the house to talk to us about the ICT. But you and the Punisher, who we had on the yeah. show just a few moments ago, you all actually did 500 miles this summer that linked up the 300 miles you did last summer, right? Correct. Uh, two summers ago. Two summers ago. Okay. So 
Tell us about the Idaho well, Centennial Trail. Well, let me trail. put on my Idaho sunglasses first. Ooh, oh, MAGA. Just to MAGA. Oh, my God. I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but I'm Trust suddenly illegal. filled with Can the desire to open sunglasses carry. Sunglasses with Trust illegal. American flag. Trust <laughs> so, illegal. Can she wear those? Uh, yeah, I mean. Why not? She could wear them. Trust illegal. I'm making the trail <laughs> show great again. Um, <laughs> so what oh, happened wow. was I lost my sunglasses on day two. Mm. Or day three. Were they taken by a Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. And actually, we found some sunglasses on day two. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we had some broken sunglasses that only had one arm, and they were like these weird wraparound old pair. Right. That only worked if I was wearing my visor, but I was happy to have them because I lost my sunglasses. Okay. And uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we got to the first town 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 quote-unquote stop and there was a little tiny store quote-unquote yeah and they had two pairs of sunglasses they had black sunglasses with purple arm the purple the arms were purple perp which would have matched match my purple theme i had going the summer or they had these what, was that the bruises american or? flag sunglasses these sunglasses and i was like oh for 6.99 that is a steal i, th I yeah. think when you're faced with a purchase that has the American flag on it, you should just always buy it. <laughs> always. So, I'm always. just curious. Are, are they made in China? I'm sure they are. Shorts. I'm yeah. sure. T-shirt. Just go with the American right. flag. Always. Yeah, Thong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Totally. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I can't. It's going to make me tired. Okay, I'm taking those off. Uh, so, yeah, I, I uh, went and hiked. We had 500 miles remaining from Poet Creek Campground up to the to uh, Upper Priest Falls, which is a quarter mile from the Canadian border. And we went and did that this summer. And so now I've hiked all but the basically the desert section at the bottom. Wait, wait, but you stopped a quarter mile from the border? So you haven't hiked that whole last quarter well, mile, Well, the you? thing is, is that so the trail officially, the terminus is the falls, just like the official terminus of the AT is Katahdin, not Canada. Mm. Yeah. Similar concept. I don't know. And, so. and the official terminus of the Hot Springs Trail is also at that same falls. It is. So There's uh, out of order, uh, official um, also means legally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you need to go back to school. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I hope the Colorado bar has caught that little misstep. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, I wanted to talk about the ICT uh, as a whole. And um, shout out to Larry Boy, who's out there right now hiking Never. the trail. Um, so I I can't tell you the names of all the mountain ranges and stuff because that's not my wheelhouse. You could just make them up. I could. And I don't ever remember these things. I remember I can picture exact spots in the trail perfectly in my head right now, but I have a hard time remembering the names of, of different places. W would those spots be like the places you stopped to take a poop or um, just like... No, that was always like, you know, in camp in the morning. Under, ten your tarp. Ten seconds after I woke up, so... Uh, anyway, so the, the trail starts in, in the, uh, Brunau desert and it's a hundred or so miles down there. And then it goes into the sawtooth and then it goes into the Frank church. So that's the, the salmon river, uh, mountains there. And then it goes into the Selway, Bitterroot wilderness. And, um, from there it goes up to that. The next section is where we hit Windy Creek, basically that we had talked about before. We actually talked about, about that on the show and we thought, Windy Creek was going to be this heinous chock-a-block full of overgrown madness that the trail 
you wouldn't be able to see the trail for like 20 miles. And Clay Cub said it was the worst section of the ICT. And how did you find Windy Creek? Excuse me. Uh, so we we actually Windy Creek is starts 14 miles in of that second the the second stretch for us, which is after the Selway. And so we had this plan that we were going to hike in 14 miles and camp right at the base of Windy Creek so that we could have the entire day if we needed it to get through. So what it's you're saying is that from the start of day or the break of day, you could have some wind. Yeah, that, that didn't work. You should edit that <laughs> out. Okay. I'm very confused. So I was trying to make a breaking was, wind joke, okay. but it didn't It didn't work. Was it, it like just a didn't work. crowded trail joke? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was an original one, okay. not, not a recycled <laughs> oh, one. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, we had talked to Clay about Windy Creek, and he had mentioned it in that interview that we did. And we got we camped right at the, the start of, of that, that drainage. And so you're bracing for impact. You guys were probably thinking about this for days, and you're like, we're about well, to get our butts kicked. Like, that's this exactly is gonna what be we thought. Horrible and heinous, <laughs> and it's going to be a complete nightmare that's of a correct. trail experience, right? And I was like, whatever. I mean, we'll get through it. You know, we're we're just going to have to keep. We'll just keep going. And and we made it's a not like it's the Terra. Exactly. Yeah. So we made a schedule so that we could have pretty much the entire day there if we needed to, and it meant bigger miles later on in the carry, which is fine. And, um, and we each pulled out like our, like extra snack that we had sent ourselves. It was an eight day carry. So it was a lot of food. What was your extra snack? Mine was a bag of cashews and this like, I don't know. I was excited about it. I only Boo. had a little snack. I mean, it could have been almonds. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I eat almonds every day. The cashews, those are expensive. So I only had a little snack bag of those. I don't remember what name it. She had a lot more interesting food than I did. So she had probably lots of really cool things. Um, anyway, so we camped. We got up in the morning. We hiked in. And we got to the first crossing. And from there to the first crossing, it was beautiful, manicured, single track through huckleberries. And we had to ford the creek like four times, I think. And we got to the first crossing. We both looked at each other and we're like, Let's let's not talk about it. Don't don't say anything. So we just crossed the creek and then we keep hiking and it just continued to be manicured trail through a huckleberry forest. No evidence of like major blowdowns. There were some fresh cut trees. There was wasn't a single blowdown actually. There were some mm. fresh cut trees, but there was no place where there was like mountains of trees that had been cut. Okay. And then we exited the Windy Creek drainage and got onto Young Creek and we were just like hmm maybe it's young creek that's terrible so then we kept like holding our breath you're bracing you're bracing and then eventually we turned onto a different trail and headed up to the ridge and we were like what was he gaslighting us like what 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 happened there hmm. so we actually called clay from one of the other towns and and he told us that when he hiked through windy creek it was the worst overgrown willow hiking he's ever done in his life and he said you could feel the trail underneath and, and we both understand exactly what he's talking about because large sections of the ict you can feel the trail with your feet even though you can't see it <laughs> and you just have to push through yeah. vegetation but usually it's just vegetation sometimes willows but what he's talking about is he said he felt like he was a linebacker like he was using all of his body weight to push through willows and i think that there's an old old trail that goes down and follows windy creek right down next to the water because we could see down 
we were maybe a hundred feet above the river most of the time, and there it was lined with willows. So I think there's an old old trail that's down there in the willows, and that's what Clay was on. Hmm. And he was not on the he trail. He was on the wrong trail. So you're that we were on. Clay needs a map. Oh no, wow! No, actually, man. let me let me talk about that for a second. Clay does not need a map. Clay had maps, and what I can also tell you is that oftentimes the base maps in Idaho do not match what's on the ground because it's never been GPS. They don't really update their maps. Uh, so there were several places where the map would show a trail that doesn't exist or there's a trail that exists that's not on the map or the trail junction is four-tenths of a mile different than what's on the map or it's on the trail's actually on the other side of the ridge. Yeah, you know, uh, I encountered that quite a bit on the 14ers through hike. There were plenty of places where it's like... Wow, even in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If, there, if it's a trail that has not been used or a Forest Service road, for that matter, that has not been maintained... Uh, you know, those things were mapped quite a while ago yeah. and they are often not very accurate. And mm. we had several s instances where we were like, okay, so we've bushwhacked up this creek. The trail should be on the west side. It's definitely not there. And then we, we, we finally have to be like, okay, so where would the trail be? Like, where would we put the trail if we'd put it in the last 10 years? And you have to do <laughs> some like sleuthing <laughs> to try to find, uh, where where things are and 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 the other thing like clay gave us this piece of advice that was amazing he said always trust the good trail and with with one exception that was the most useful piece of advice i've ever gotten curious to mm. hear about that exception <laughs> yeah. well that it actually wasn't bad but the 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 good trail was going the wrong direction and we were like hmm this is going to take us north west and then due west and we need to go uh northeast and then do north so we didn't want to gamble that one time because we could see where it was going to go and we knew knew we needed to take a different way and we eventually did find the trail it was pretty much gone but we found it and picked our way down to where we needed to be and then reconnected somewhere else but um the first year that i went out i went through the the frank church and then the um sawtooth and then south to the desert section basically and the frank church is insane uh it's really difficult hiking partially because it's not really meant for hiking it's meant for boating and for horse packing and going through on foot is definitely a challenge and um larry boy just went through there uh larry! he had five straight days of rain which i can't even imagine Ooh, oh larry boy that's he no, had no giardia oh yeah and he told me he actually at some point in the last two weeks he actually slept in a porta porta potty oh, like a plastic porta potty because he'd been sick and oh, he just couldn't put up oh. his tent for the fourth night in a row in it the sounds rain kind of <laughs> dangerous really yeah anyway yeah. or convenient if you have giardia exactly yeah, right. exactly but what i will say is that it's interesting because we started at poet creek just out of convenience because we did the trail work project there two years ago and then went south and this time we went back there and headed north and it was interesting how different mm. uh the stellway is from the frank church uh, they're completely different. Have, they have different feels uh, to them. Uh, I really liked the Selway a lot better, actually, than the Frank Church. I thought it was more beautiful. How dare you? And then from there, you get on this. this pretty soon after that, you get on the State Line Trail. And the State Line Trail runs hundreds of miles on the Idaho-Montana border. And you're on the ridge for so long. And sometimes it's actually a Forest Service road. 
but it's right on the ridge. And we walked there. I don't know how many miles it was, probably 60 miles total over many sections on this road. And we saw, I think, one vehicle in that whole time. Was there anybody in the vehicle? Yeah, they drove by us. Did you talk to them? Yes, we were actually soaking our feet in a spring, and they were like, "What are you? What are you? What are you girls, are you girls doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. we got some. Tried to get some water intel from them, which turned out to be incorrect, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, but that state line trail is so incredible. Up on that ridge, there's alpine lakes everywhere. The flowers were insane. There were no fires around, so th- so we didn't have any smoke and haze and and fog or smog and stuff, and it was just so incredible. And then when you do finally come down off the state line trail, um, you go into the basically you're in cedar forests all the way to the end. Yeah. Did you drink water from the spring you were soaking your feet in? Yes. Before or after the foot soak? after but the spring was coming out of this one area and then it was cascading down and making little pools below it so we soaked our feet below and then we got our water from up above why wouldn't you just drink your own foot soak water then because it was hard to get water there but i mean like if you put your feet in a pool and you had to dip your water bottle in the pool yeah wouldn't you drink from it i would probably get the water first our feet were pretty disgusting Hmm. yeah I mean, I, I don't know. I would just drink from it because what about the people that come after you? They were not going to get water from where we were soaking our feet. Yeah. What about the hundreds of ICT <laughs> hikers that were right on your heels? So in 500 miles uh, in July, we saw one one guy on mules We saw who was an he was an ICT hiker, but he was doing it on mules. We saw one actual ICT hiker, Moon Dancer. And we saw one guy camping and fishing, and we saw two guys from the weed crew. Was from, from the MCC nice. weed yes. crew? Yes. Was anyone dressed like Bigfoot? No. Okay. Was there a ghillie suit? No, there was not. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you actually go on this hike? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Bigfoots are in Montana, apparently. Can you tell us what the hiking was like around a somewhat well-known area of Idaho called Ruby Ridge? It was fine. Actually, that was one of the best huckleberry areas that we encountered. Really? Yeah. W- were the huckleberries in bloom when you were there? Yeah. And you know what was interesting is they were they were in bloom. We camped in huckleberry patches a couple of nights and just feasted. The last section, the last eight miles, you walk through an old growth cedar forest. And it's incredible. It's so, it's so just, this hike was, it's so different. All the different parts are so different. And uh, the interesting thing is that there's not much sunlight that gets down to the forest floor in a cedar forest. And there were huckleberries in there, and they were really sour. Hmm. And we tried them throughout the eight miles. And Naomi and I surmised that it's because they don't get very much sunlight. Yeah. So they're not getting sweet. You surmised correctly. Yeah. So then it finishes at uh, at Upper Priest Falls, and then uh, then you turn around and walk eight miles back out. Hmm. And this beautiful forest, it was so cool. And then you have to try to get a ride, and that's exciting, too, because there's not a lot of traffic for the first eight miles of that little Forest Service roadwalk. Well, I mean, they don't give license to Bigfoot, so Exactly. Well, the road basically ends like 12 miles past that trailhead, so there's just not a lot of people driving up there. 
but um but what i want to say like i don't remember all the names of the places and hopefully this isn't like a glenn van pesky interview i don't how dare anything. you how dare you but i can tell you that there aren't any permits glenn is a friend of the trail <laughs> I know, show i, know I he don't is. remember damn anything. you <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any permits and it's super remote and there is a map set that's available and there's no gut hook app and you're probably not going to see very many people. But, um, I really, really fell in love with Idaho this summer. You know, when I went out there this summer, I was in a really great place mentally. And, um, I think having hiked through the Frank church, I had more reasonable expectations about what this hike was going to be like. And I would just say that if you are a hiker and you want to do something that's a little bit different, this trail is going to challenge you in so many ways. And if you're in the right frame of mind, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be an incredible experience. And you're going to fall in love with Idaho. And I, there were so many days where I was hiking up on the ridge and it was like the wind and it was beautiful skies and like alpine lakes everywhere and flowers, crazy flowers. And I just felt like I was going to like sprout wings and just like fly away. And that's the feeling I kept getting over and over on this, this 500 miles that I just hiked. And I mean, if you had terrible weather, of course, maybe you wouldn't feel that way. Or if you have Giardia, maybe you're not going to feel like you're going to sprout wings. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I will say that it's so, it's so incredible there. And I really encourage people to go give it a try. And Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a, um, a difficult trail yeah it is so you're painting a very rosy picture of idaho and ict but i I mean to be real it's a very difficult hike it is a difficult hike but i want people i hope that i can convey the joy that i had this summer and the thing is is that it is a really difficult hike but it's about expectations and one of the things that clay told us when we first started two years ago was that Every time you leave town, it's a best case scenario. And what it, does that mean? It means that you can't, you can't, you know, like maybe you think it's going to be five days, Carrie. Well, maybe you should pack six and a half days of food. And you wake up in the morning, you think you're going to, you know, oh, today looks easy. It's going to be on trail and this and that and the other thing. And then, like, just when you start to like check out and be like, yay, this is so great, like the ICT is just like, boom, you know, they're, it trail smacks jun- you down. Yeah, trail junction you missed, you descended 600 feet, now you got to go back up. Or yeah. you're on the wrong trail. Or the trail turned to shit or whatever, you know? And um, So you're telling us there's no blazes and there's no gut hook app. Yeah, it is, it is really okay. difficult, but I, I don't think it's impossible. And, and it's just about expectations and patience and kind of like rolling with it. You just got to follow the Bigfoot tracks. Yeah, did you see Bigfoot? I did not... Okay. See, I mean, maybe, maybe Bigfoot's nocturnal. Did you hear any tree knocking? Because that's a sign. No. <laughs> Just like that. It's true. I did not hear any tree Remember knocking. Remember Squatch telling uh, us yes, about the did. tree knocking? Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Squatch and Cliff Kip need to hang out, by the way. If, yeah. If you had seen Bigfoot three days into a 150-mile stretch of the ICT, two days three days from the next trailhead what would you have done um i maybe would have called that guy from montana 
I maybe would have started looking for Alice largely. <laughs> Make sure you do, there's no bathtubs uh, around. Largely. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a 900 mile trail, uh, and you definitely need to do your research. Is trail in quotation marks? Yes, okay. definitely. Okay. Uh, and I'm happy to answer questions, but don't reach out to me a month before your hike because that's not how my schedule it, works. Would you suggest this is a good first long hike? <laughs> It could be. POD. If you want it to be legal, your last legal, long hike. yeah, <laughs> legal, please. I'm trying to coach POD. I know. Help me here. I know. People. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. Here's the, the thing. Trail Show Legal says this is probably not a good first hike. Yes. You should try something like the Appalachian Trail, <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps the Colorado Trail, or, or the Tahoe the Rim Trail. Yeah. For sure. Where, For sure. Where there is a trail, and also it's clearly marked. You definitely need to have. You definitely need to know how to read a map and you need to, you know, experience is definitely a a big factor on this trail because that kind of like missing trail junctions because they don't really exist or they're in the wrong place. (laughs) You gotta, gotta be savvy enough to know how far to go back to look for that trail junction or how, how much farther to go forward before you give up on that trail junction and just bushwhack down. Um, so I, I will say that experience definitely helps. I don't think it's impossible as a first hike. Nothing's impossible. Ryan Choi did the Hey Duke as his first long long hike. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> not 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 recommended, recommended either. Not <laughs> recommended as a first long hike. I um, can speak for I it. mean, what? So okay, honestly though, what what are you going to recommend as the first long hike that that people should do though? Tahoe Rim Trail. Colorado well, I've Trail. heard that Golden has some very good hikes. Two point two mile gear. Two point two mile road walks. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just saying, you know, um, your first long trail is going to be difficult no matter yeah, what it is. It is. And it your is. learning curve on it's going to be difficult. Yeah, but no shouldn't it what, shouldn't it be marked and yeah. not too far from <laughs> civilization? Like the John Muir Trail is a great first long. I hike. mean, it definitely. You know, the, the suffering is easier if you've been through similar types of suffering before. You know, so so you know, like there's yeah. an end to this and. Maybe you know you. I'm have sorry. Are we talking about the trail still or this episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, I definitely I understand that it's a really hard trail, and I I tend to think of myself as not a very hardcore hiker or not that experienced hiker. Um, I disagree. Yeah, and just just the Triple Crown and many other trails. Well, yeah. So like not that experienced. And, well, BD, and I, I made that <laughs> no comment. I made that comment with the Punisher, and she was Come. like. 10,000 plus yeah, miles. Yeah, she was like, nothing. and you've done like the Sierra High Route and the Wind River High Route. Like those are, and those those types of trails have definitely given me some skills and perspective that, that help with the ICT. But I, but also like, you don't have to through hike it. Like I really encourage people to go hike part of the state line trail, at least. It is so beautiful and so remote. It's also straight up and down, right? Um. Don't lie. There's Don't lie. There, but there's short times. There's short better, better. times. So like Jibbit. 400 feet here, 600 feet there. www.jibbit.com. Uh, if, if it's less than 1,000 feet, it's not a climb. It's just uphill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Uh, hmm. <laughs> 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 Out of order, started thinking about that one real hard. And the other thing is that if, you, if you're not sure about it, I would encourage you to go actually do some trail maintenance in Idaho first. Mm. and get 
get to know Idaho a little bit. Get familiarized. Maybe you'll get to be on one of Clay's work crews. He's got a lot of good stories that will make you want to come back to Idaho. And um, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to, to be negative about it and like say it was terrible or it was too hard because my experience was so good. And I came okay. off of that trail just feeling like, you know, rejuvenated. Like I wanted 800 more miles of that trail, but there weren't 800 more. <laughs> you could have turned around. Yeah. Well, flip-flop. the Walk other thing is I had to go back south. to work. So, yeah. There's that. Where can people get real information about the ICT? Um, That's another challenge. Because didn't the website just disappear? Yeah, so uh, Clay's <laughs> ICT I love, website. I love this trail. It's like <laughs> the, whatever resources existed are kind of gone, and the they resources, are. the maps aren't accurate, and there's no <laughs> apps, and like, eh. Much like the trail, the website has disappeared. Yeah, yes. yep. <laughs> you can see that it That's was there once. That's their slogan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so Claire had a really great ICT page web page up, and actually, it went away like shortly before I started doing my research, and I had a minor freak out, and he was like, "I eh, don't worry about it." I was like, "Okay," but it's been held hostage, and I think he's going to ask Dilo to help him with it in the fall after he's done with his busy season. Yeah, apparently there was like some sort of Bitcoin ransom thing that happened. Yeah, uh, oh, sounds like a problem. Uh, <laughs> there is a Parks and Rec website, which is pretty, you know, sketchy. Uh, hmm. So you can get some information from that. Um, but but there is a map set available. Uh, there's a guy, kind of like a J-Lay type of guy. For the ICT? For the ICT. Okay. Um, and he, he gives out his his um, his maps for yeah. free. And um, Does he have a GPX track? He does. Does he list the Bigfoot sightings that have happened on or near the ICT over the years? <laughs> yes. They're all on there. Fantastic. And that's the other thing is when it got really hard sometimes, I was like, well... Just think about this this one guy and and also Clay. They didn't have a map set. They didn't have anybody else's data when they came out here. Clay was you know? just following Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Tell us about the town stop oh, yeah. in brief. <laughs> okay. So the first one was the town of Lowell. So you got to hitch down like 30 or 40 miles down. A 40 from mile hitch? To <laughs> down okay. Down yeah, a hitch road? is a hitch. A hitch is a hitch. hitch. I will say there's nothing between the pass and that town where people would stop. Okay. So, unless they're fishing. And Th That's uh, only like the longest hitch you could possibly do on the CDT. Uh, but whatever. That's your first stop. Okay. And so we got to the town of Lowell because that was what was listed on uh, this little. I had this one sheet of resupply that I had grabbed off the web before the website went away. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and so we, we sent a box there, and it was a diner and this, like, real scummy hotel. and But we were thankful for it. And then a cr you could walk a half mile down the road, and then there was a rafting place, and that's where I got my sunglasses. Um, so in the town of Lowell, it's like 35 people, and you can go into the diner and order something fried, and... You can stay in the hotel, and it was was relatively cheap. The bat the bathtub did not drain, and we didn't break it. It was already like that. But oh boy, we both took showers in there, and it had been six days through the cellway, which has a lot of burned area. So we were really filthy, and there's no laundry. So were you standing in gray water at some point? It was so gross. It was like <laughs> black. Uh. And then, like Naomi took a shower first, I think, and then it was just like 
a rim three inches of black scum and then uh, I, I did the same and then we cleaned the tub for the you know we didn't want the the cleaning person to have to do that yeah there's no cell phone service and there's no internet in that town welcome to idaho so we actually sent a messages to disco and to naomi's uh via via like an inreach iron mic <laughs> you're in a town <laughs> you had to use satellite communication <laughs> we only, that, that's pretty great and we yeah. could only use like 160 characters for the <laughs> message so we were just like we're in lowell there's no cell phone service there's no wi-fi We'll call you in nine days when we're in the next town. It's it's <laughs> almost like a I got like a ransom letter. <laughs> that's what the text. That's this is the format of the text. It was like a ransom letter. That's awesome. So like, okay. The next town though was uh, you actually walk through the town of Mullen. Well, you can go into other towns. Like w- if we had to do it over, we would have gone like sixty or seventy miles down the road to a seventy mile hitch for a town stop. Yeah, in, in seventy miles. Like oh in the continental, in the lower 48. Yeah. This like is your first through hike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This no, is your cool. first through hike. It's cool. Yeah. It's not too it's difficult. A it's an hour and a half. It's fine. But the other towns, you actually walk right through. So, oh, so what the are you next, complaining about? The next town was Mullen. And there's not, I don't think there's much going on in Mullen, but there's a free shuttle that goes to the next town over, which is Wallace. And Wallace was Wallace great. has a brewery. Yeah. It was really nice. Beer. And then we walked through the town of Clark Fork, which was very tiny, but had a great bakery. And then through Naples, which just has a... Like has iguanas. Yes. Well, Naples oh. is very close to Ruby Ridge. That, yeah, that and was it has a really great little store, gas yeah. station. And that's it. Well, you went into Sam Point for a hot minute, right? Yeah. So Phil Huff of the Scotchman Peaks, friends of the Scotchman. Uh oh, Delo's. No, Dilo. I'm cool, man. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm stay I'm strong, Delo. I'm just <laughs> thinking about Bigfoot. I'm just. You got to stay Bigfoot. Idaho strong. I'm just that's thinking right. about Bigfoot. That's all. He came and got us from Naples, and we went and took a zero day at his house. So oh, so you had a supported hike, huh? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did he have a? So Bigfoot? your hike didn't really count. Did he, he is a Bigfoot. He is a Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the website is www.d-low.com. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Uh, slash Bigfoot actually, sightings. <laughs> I have to say, before, Bigfoot.com. before uh, we got on the trail, we did a, a Skype call with uh, Clay, and he didn't have the maps in front of him, but because he studied the maps for so long and now he works for ITA. He knows everything about the Idaho backcountry, and he was telling us all this information just from his head. He wasn't looking at maps. Hmm. And he was talking about different points on the trail. And there's, you know, different options like on the CDT, alternate here, whatever. And the first, the back of the first map that we had when we got on the trail, we hiked the first like 16 miles that are on the front of the map. And then we turned it over and we were going to do a ford of some creek. And then it said, good luck at mile point 24.2. That's what was written on my map. Like that's what Clay had said to us. (laughs) Wow. And I just thought it was funny. Was so like, that oh. was your notes for Yeah. There were lots of notes like that. How um, did how did it go at that spot? Um, it actually wasn't wasn't that bad. Okay. Were you able to find a trail that existed but yeah. played well, it was not a trail? We actually yeah. psyched ourselves <laughs> out. The trail was there. The trail was there, but we actually psyched ourselves out because we were like, Oh god, we're not gonna be able to find the trail and it was mm. actually kind well, it wasn't really obvious, but the trail from there up was pretty terrible, but yeah. we did find where it left the meadow. We got to move on, yeah, unfortunately. But I know. is there is that anything else about the ICT you want to? I speak mean, on? just be careful because you might uh, go out to Idaho and feel like you never want to come back. 
Okay. Great, great parting words. Great parting words. Hey, great attitude. Did we get a missive from Fidget this month? Oh, we did get a missive. Triple O, do you have that at the ready? Let me see. (laughs) I think Fidget's going to sing for us. What's up, Trail Show Nation? It's Fidget heading into the Great Divide on the CDT, where the men wear knee-high stockings and the women can pee with their packs on. This means, as a southbounder, that I have recently completed the winds, hiking from Dubois to Lander. Super cool thing about Dubois is the drama of how the name came about. Let's just say it involves a pissy postmaster. (laughs) And if you haven't dealt with a pissy postmaster, that's because you didn't have a package to pick up at Old Faithful. It was a beautiful stretch. It was where our little snowbo neighborhood. Fidget, you need to get a little windscreen for your microphone. Okay. Yeah, come on. This is a professional Louise. It's not like you have been hiking from southern tip of South America. You have plenty of time to get this figured out. Could passed ways with the Novo hikers. Mild insults were exchanged, as well as good information. So I was heading in, one of the Novoers told me that there would be many delicious huckleberries this time of year in the mountains. Well, was I excited about that? Um, health advisory. If you don't know what huckleberries look like, trying to disperse the risk by eating a variety of berries is probably not a great technique (laughs) to reducing your chances of getting ill. (laughs) What I can say is that there is a possibility, after eating the wrong berries, of having a two-day fever after hallucinations, symptoms of which may include throwing your entire Mexican pasta rice side into boiling water for dinner without remembering to open the bag, being unable to read maps, slight paranoia, other people's faces melting, (laughs) inability to understand words that they're saying to you, bushwhacking off into the wilderness, and when you meet the first people you've seen for a day, pulling underpants on over your head. It was <laughs> uncommon side effect. Whoa. The winds, there's no way. There's no way to go wrong. <laughs> I'm really enjoying stepping into the Great Divide Basin. It's been great people. Uh got to hang out with a bike packer. Oh no, wait. We don't talk about bike packing because this is the trail That's show. That's right. Correct. Did you also know that the app on which we all rely and which can now enable a person to walk on one side of the country to the other without ever even having to look up from their phone have recently come out with a bikepacking app? No, wait. We're on the trail show. We don't talk about bikepacking. That's right. What else news is there in her odyssey? Well, soon, Neon's going to be setting out on the Wild West route. Oh, no. We can't talk about bike packing on the trail show. That's right. Well, what can we talk about? I do remember from one of your wonderful one-star reviews <laughs> that it was complained that this show does not provide any useful information to hikers. That's also right. Well, yeah. how it's our about this? In the Out of Eden Walk by Paul Salapek that Ooh, you all talked yes. about last month, he's actually tracing the route that the ancients walked which dispersed the population across the world. 
in the book Freak History, written by one of my friends who runs the Wiki Explora page, which is a great site for gathering maps if you're going to go, and routes if you're going to go hike in South America. The early explorers, or the early <laughs> people, um, actually progressed at a rate of about 10 kilometers per year. Hmm. So if you, like me, are out on a long distance trail, feeling kind of slow, kind of pokey, just know that you are kicking butt as compared to that average. Hike on, my friends. Herodotus. Wow. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with that statistic. Okay. I I think that the trips like what what um, they're doing, as well as like what Paul Solopec is doing, and and some of these world walkers, pretty clearly point out the idea that ten kilometers is a pretty puny amount of distance to presume that that's all we've moved over that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible, and there's actually fairly good archaeological evidence from all sorts of different places on the planet that that human dispersal uh, was much faster than than we sometimes than ten kilometers per year. Yeah, hmm. I don't buy it. Whoa! Wow, I I think a challenge has been issued, and oh, uh, we're gonna have to have a Rochambeau in the studio at some point. <laughs> I look forward to the peer review studies yep. special will surely so, <laughs> i mean i'm just saying i don't buy it I, I i'm not saying that they're that the the analyses that they've done are are incorrect given the available data but there's there is data that that would indicate that you know that's not necessarily a like there's been this nice steady 10 kilometers a year sort of dispersal uh there's you know and again, I mean, y yeah, because eventually they got, they got to Virginia, and, and Virginia's flat, so you go real fast to Virginia and Oregon. POD, do you have a trail tip for us this month? I do. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> Sobriety is what you have. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so my trail tip is kind of like a collection of things. Just choose one of them. No, yeah. it, it all goes it's a long together. Show. It it's all goes together. D-Lo, it's long because you keep interrupting me. <laughs> uh, so my my trail <laughs> tip is take care of your feet. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Who would have thought? What of does that? that mean? What so does that mean? I I'm gonna have to take issue with this trail tip. No, <laughs> the only thing that hurt on the Idaho Centennial Trail were my feet. The balls of my feet were killing me. The balls. And um, my balls were killing me. Your balls. Tell us why. Well, it was just difficult hiking, I think. Aww. And I had some, I don't think I had the best shoes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, I really took good care of my feet because they were hurting. And I was thinking about how important it is <gasps> when you're a hiker uh, to take care of your feet. Because if you don't take care of them, they can rebel on you and they can end your hike. And I actually did have a day where I was like, is my foot broken? Do I have like, mm. a stress fracture? Um, but I, I didn't. Um, so what did you do to take care of so your feet? I took my shoes socks off at every single break yes and socks and socks air those yeah. bad boys socks. out did you apply blue star ointment i applied body glide okay uh and also i took break spots where i could elevate my feet oh, at yeah. every single jardine break. style baby and, oh, I, and yeah. i'll say that it's really easy to think that you're gonna do that and then you get to your break spot and you're like uh i'm just gonna it's yeah. fine and it's worth it. It is worth it. Also, 
um, when my feet started to hurt kind of in the middle of the hike every three hours if I could or every time I came to a really cold water source I would soak my feet for like five or ten minutes while I was eating my snacks really yes and then would you get water for drinking afterwards I actually drank while my feet were in it okay yeah Mm. Um, out of flavor. Foot water. Yeah. Also, something that Naomi taught me was to give yourself an aggressive foot massage in your tent what? at night before you go to bed. Like with bacon grease, or <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially in grizzly country. Very important. Well, you were in Idaho. Is grizzly yeah. country? That's what I'm saying. Right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's the best defense. Bacon grease. We haven't talked about grizzlies so tonight. Just Bigfoot. So yeah. vigorous, as opposed to like you, you don't want to tickle your feet. Like how how much should should it this should hurt? hurt. It should hurt. Okay. And you really want to demonstrate what you did in sure. the tent to us in the studio. Here. No, was, no, here, use my foot. I, I was going. <laughs> I oh would my get God, you, your your feet look like <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> like, what is that? Is now pawing at some sort of callus, callus, the size of New Hampshire. <laughs> what what is that? Callus monster. Dila, look at her feet. Oh, oh yeah, they're white. Oh, yes. good yeah. God, man. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like, okay. uh, like mine. I've got, I've got, that, I've got no a trail tip too. It's called. Sandpaper POD. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, you don't wanna, it's like it's like hard plastic right you here. You don't need to sand that off. Why? Here, let me touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my it, finger is burning, man. It's yeah. Like a you fire. might want to dip that in some rubbing alcohol. <laughs> Why would it be burning? That because the asses from your feet are like cinched. Like the asses. Like burning through my finger. <laughs> I it's can't like the exorcist. Wait, the acid. She's I, not I gotta go. Iguana. I, I gotta what? go. I, I, this is the last trail show. I gotta go. Okay, well that will make things a lot shorter. It's like um, the exorcist. My finger is on fire. I try to get up on the top of the ball, like where it connects to the toes. And then like, you know, the ball of the foot and in the middle. And then really like, really in the arch, like really go to town and like bend bend the top of the foot down you know can i throw out a side trail tip to that trail tip yeah when side i was tip. on the att the att the at trail the appalachian trail right trail? good old boy the at trail at trail <laughs> um i hiked with a guy for a while that carried a racquetball with him uh-huh yeah and if you've if you've ever had foot pain Use a racquetball on the ground and like rolled your foot over. It will literally bring tears to your mm -hmm. eyes. Like it is that it's like a deep tissue massage for your foot. And I don't know what a racquetball weighs. I'm sure someone out there can tell us, but it's really not that heavy. And if you if you really want to get serious about foot massage on trail, I haven't seen anything better than yeah, a racquetball. I will sure. I will absolutely uh, add a second to that. Uh, okay, I have used a racquetball. In fact, oh really? Uh, at, yeah. Um, I've used it more for like my calves because yeah. um, my calves are one of those things that tends to get a little bit more like yeah. knotted up or whatever. Right. But yeah, um, also for like the, the arches and stuff. Right. Yeah. I would, I would so concur. I guess my trail tip is around like don't be lazy on your break. Like really take care of your, your feet. Air them out. Soak it out. Massage it out. And... For those of you who are weird about taking drugs, you need to get over it. Take some damn ibuprofen. Don't do it. Oh, my feet hurt. Just say no. Just say no. I recommend four pills. Wow. That was a good trail tip. That was might have been the longest trail tip ever. No, it definitely was not the longest right. trail tip ever. Good news. Let's jam in trips before we go to our final break. All right. 
And let's keep it to 30 seconds <gasps> apiece. Ooh. 30 seconds. And I'll start. Okay. Uh, this past Sunday, up. I, hiked with, <laughs> I hiked with POD up to San Isabel Lake in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, just north of the town of Crestone, Colorado. The trail became more and more obscure and sort of didn't exist towards the end of the hike. And I got my butt kicked. I I remembered how brutal that mountain range is on my hike on Sunday. But the water in that lake was very refreshing. Hashtag lake bagging. Yep. Chipolo over to you. Um, I went on. Um, I went to a trail that no one probably here has ever heard about, which is the Maroon Bells Four Pass Loop. Never heard of it. <laughs> no, nope, never in Colorado. No uh, it's a very obscure trail. No one really goes there. Um, but it was very pretty. Uh, definitely worth worth the hype if you want to look at views and and pass a lot of people on the trail. I went up to Huron Peak with my friend Sassafras, and I've been up there before. But uh, I just needed to do something before school started. And it was beautiful, just like I remembered it. And I did some tarn bagging. Tarn bagging. Last oh, shoot. Thank last you. weekend, I went on a 17-mile sub-24-hour <gasps> backpacking Ooh. trip. Yeah. On which I camped outside of the in Indian Peaks Wilderness area, permit-required areas, even though I had a permit required for the areas. And I was super excited about our camping spot. I thought you were going to say you camped outside your yard. Nope, that's it. Okay. Went along the divide, off trail. Too late. Came down on trail. Special. Special. Uh, you know, my trips have um, mainly just been me um, trying to do some running uh, two, three times a week. So I've been hitting some of the, the trails up in the uh, Chautauqua Park, Flatirons area. Yeah. Do, doing my 2.2 miles, you know, testing out. Very good. I, I guess sweating. Um, there it is. And it works. <laughs> doing your hardcore gear testing. Yeah. When we come back, we've got a dispatch from Wolverine in Ecuador. We've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo and Mailbag and whatever's left with the rest of the show. So don't go anywhere. There's nothing left. Trail show. Less gear, more beer. All right, Triple O, let's go to the hotline. All right, we're going to go to a special report from the PCT. Oh, Trail show. This is Dea calling you hot off the PCT. Dea. I love out of order how you had to put the legal legal bit in that. That was great. That's right. Um, Call the hotline. You can hear it, too. I am going south. I'm getting closer to um, Crater Lake. Which is awesome. So I'm in Oregon. Um, started off early this morning. I have a moment that I just decided to sit. I wanted to give you all um, a little update on how the general vibe is on the PCT. Because as you know, vibe. it's been a little bit of a different year. I started Nobo um, 
late April and uh, got to uh, Lone Pine and then uh, skipped up to Hearts Pass, tagged the border, and have been going south. So there's a lot of us, whether you're calling us flippers or we've also been called snowbows. Snowbows. the snow of the Sierra. Um, there's this term going on whether you're a true nobo or not, mm-hmm, if you've gone through the Sierra. So we started seeing people who have come mm. through the Sierra and um, got to say badasses, but they look haggard. They look tired, man, and I've just been prancing around in my little pink tutu skirt that I wear up in uh, the northern lands. And uh, Washington was great. I mean, there was weather, but on the whole – is beautiful. There was no barely any snow, so that was fabulous. The mosquitoes pretty minimal at this point in Oregon. Knock on wood. Keep it that way for the rest of my my way down. Snowbos. Um, snowbos. For the I snowbos, like the true snowbos. It's been a different experience because there's a lot of us, a lot of us slippers, people who have come up. So, you know, what they thought was going to be a quieter trail hasn't been. You know, there's a lot of people crossing paths. Um, north bounder, south bounder. So it's been it's been interesting. It's been great though to see people that you saw earlier um, coming up and congratulating people. Um, there are definitely moments where I've felt like, man, I should have gone through. I could have done it. And you know, you just got to be okay with your choices. And um, on the whole, like I'm feeling healthy and strong. And you know, people that I'm walking with who also made the choice feel good about it um there is the pressure now though like we gotta go you know so both have that experience of you know a shorter weather window to, to finish with the sierra so but on the whole the vibe's great and uh it's been a, a wild year for for weather for sure uh but we're all out here still kicking it, so I hope you're all kicking it too getting outside enjoying there's probably a lot more I can Sorry, the Trail Show Hotline has a three-minute limit. Uh, many of you have run up against it, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a so, good. <laughs> so uh, keep that in mind when you call the Trail Show Hotline with your nonsense. And, <laughs> or your sense. And don't be afraid um, to call back and yeah. continue yeah, that. Continue the fact, conversation. In fact, they did call back. But, um, yeah, I think it's interesting to hear, like, every year I think has their own kind of yeah themes and like big issues like yeah. some years are all about some fire that's just yeah. blocking a piece of the trail or, or multiple fires yeah. and this year it's about and snow the snow and the precipitation and correct me if i'm wrong but Dea hiked with you in portugal yeah yeah we met on my hike across europe so we hiked all the community santiago and all the camino portuguese together so very cool yeah it's cool that she's out there on the pct um, hiking it. She actually called back with a little uh, issue, um, okay. which I think is important to discuss. Man, it cut me off. I feel like I'm Zelo <laughs> talking and talking. But <laughs> anyway, the last thing I wanted to say was regarding this whole trail mix bit that we had talked about, what, a year and a half ago on the show, about whether it's okay to pick out the M&Ms and the trail mix oh, or man. the chocolate. Totally okay, and I still do it, especially if it's in Hiker Box. Because it's just free game, and the guy that I'm hiking with, he intentionally packs more of the chocolate for me because he knows I'm going to pick it out. So, good people. Oh. That's a keeper. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Thanks, Dad. I 
stand by my opinion, which is you cannot pick the M and M's. No high grading. Yeah. No high grading. What yeah. if? But what if? What if I pick the M and M's out and put them in Disco's trail mix because he likes them and I don't? Yeah, that's different. If you're a couple and you have a contractual relationship around yeah. the trail mix, it's contractual. Fine. Um, can you get the contract out about the trail mix? I think you're violating uh, the contract. Oral, According to our nuptial contract. agreement, clause four. A point two six. Let's just say that as a parent, I get pissed off when my kids just eat the chocolate out of the trail. I thought you were yeah. just gonna say I get pissed on. No. This is older. You little pieces of. Let's keep it family yeah, friendly, no. Beauty. Uh, Come on. All right, now. let's keep moving. Come on. <laughs> all right, let's go into uh, iTunes. No, nah, I don't want right. to do oh, iTunes man. this Let's month. I'm sorry. Save it but it's so good. Well, Save I know. It We're going to sit next month. We, we'll have more time. We have How about so just one? Month. No, 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 no one. we can't. we got to do five or zero. And this five. month we're doing zero. Sorry. Fine. Okay. Let's, should we skip the mailbag? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, we I could, but we actually have a contractual. We have to do mailbag. So Twinkle is suggesting that I change the name of Mailbag to Hang Time with P.O.D. Oh, dear. What do you think? No. 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 <laughs> no because no. There, will, there will come that month when somebody else needs to do Mailbag, and, and it's not you. And yeah. You know? So then it could be Hang Time with D.Lo. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. No. 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 Legal? Trusha legal? Can we? No. No. Okay. okay. I'm pretty hang sure. Hang Time with P.O.D. is already. I'm, I, yeah. I'm also pretty sure that Hang Time with has got a uh, registered trademark <laughs> with the NBA already, so okay. probably, yeah. Anyway, all right, well, there you go, Twinkle. Uh, let's see. Several listeners have written in and asked about the specific sleeping pad that Disco was very yeah. cheeky about. Just you know, say it. No, I, cause here's <laughs> the thing. It's made by a very prominent company so what? that could be a future sponsor no, of the show. And here's what I'll say. I've had 10 people, at least 10 people, Contact me separately about what is that pad. If you're a side sleeper and you want to know about it, email me and I'll tell you. But I'm not gonna broadcast it on okay, the show fine. for free. It's so. and it is it's Coleman. It's Coleman. Just say it. It's, <laughs> it's Coleman. A Coleman. It's the it's the six inch thick five pound Coleman um, deluxe sleeping pad wide model that um, you should carry on your ultralight through hike. For and sure. just keep in mind that it's Labor Day and there might be some flash sales. So beauty. And okay. I, I just think that Disco is trying to tell you that he cares more about our corporate sponsors than he does about you. That's right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mailbag item number four. <laughs> <laughs> Says, uh, good morning, Trail Show. Today I made a donation to the Trail Show, and I wanted to give the reason for this. On August 20th, 2019, I embraced Monument 78 for the second time. The first time was on a thru-hike. I started section hiking the PCT on my 18th birthday. I now hold the self-proclaimed record for the slowest known time of 46 years and 12 days for, for the Pacific Crest Trail hike. Wow. My donation to the Trail Show is for the inspiration the podcast has given for the past seven years in helping me achieve this accomplishment. See you on the trail. Trip. Trip the Light, a.k.a. Tom McGee. P.S. I am Trip the Light, and I never listen to the Trail Show. Congratulations nice. to you, Trip the Light. Very Forty-six nice. years, twelve days. That has to be a record. Yeah. For it's I amazing. Mean, that's the longest section hike I've ever heard on uh, on any trail, like yeah. not just the PCT, but any trail. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Forty-six years. That's Are you more me? than me. Yeah, it's more than me. 
And I actually think that wow. that taking that long to hike a trail is way harder than through hiking. Totally. I 100% agree with that. The So uh, when I finished the PCT in 2007 after having not finished in 2006, um, I finished the same day that these folks, they'd been doing it for 18 years. Wow. You know? And they're like, oh, congratulations on coming and finishing it up. That's great. And I'm like, yeah. Well, you guys have been at this a while. I think yeah. you're really the ones that deserve the congratulations. Because, I mean, to take the time out of your life once, like one year. Right. That's You get in shape once. Difficult, and you, yes. Yeah, that's you know? it. You get in yeah. shape. And yeah. Then and, and, but, yeah, to every year for years and years and years, you know, to take the time out of your life and go yeah. accept the fact that you're going to have, you know, weak legs for five days and everything else that goes with it it's yeah it's yeah. that's real commitment very cool anything else from mailbag beauty i uh, i think that's it actually mailbag's Excellent. over good mailbag <laughs> do we have any, do we have any donors this month we did uh, can i use yours it's already turned can we do it like beauty is stealing trail <laughs> show sheets from everybody i know where did mine go exactly <laughs> can we do donors exactly. like we did it last sure. month do you know how we did it last month uh no because i never listened <laughs> to the trail show so Yes, I, I know how you did it. I was just kidding. Okay, so maybe this <laughs> month you'll read them as fast as possible, and we'll still try to chime in with the various isms. Okay. Dilo, are you ready? you got to be on your A game. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not on my A game because it's pretty late. All okay, right, very good. Deep inhale. Ready? And go. Bernard Wolf. <laughs> Russ Kinder. That Russ what Gully. What Chris Smith. Gringo. Chris Bobby Bob. Walters. The. Richard Glasgow. Hey. Joshua oh. Bowden. But on the job. Trevor Bowman, Sean, the Weed Crew, Weedman, Cottonmouth, no, Caldwell, no. Jumped ahead. Diane Pinkers, Stein, David, Justin Knowles, what a guy. Jason Dean, Gerard, Vermont, Vermont. Oh. Bernie. Oh, shoot, my paper <laughs> fell. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rudy. 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 Cascade Hiker. Cascade Hiker. Pat Dixon. You don't drown, sir. Steven Russell. The Hustler. Ammon Bruce. The Bruce. Renee Patrick. She Wesley Greenwood. Kevin. And Sasha Codette. Timu. Tebow Williams. Weebo. Tebow saves. Tommy Stevens. The meat pop. Popsicle. Joseph Peccararo. Hey, what I got? Last of all. Brandon Lovelady. Weebo Balls. Love Weenie. Daniel Sharp. Fun <laughs> Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Shira Blady and Switch Brian Brady. McNamara. Big Mac. Where so the big. hell are we? Patty Matiscella. Hey. Hey, hey buddy. Phil Gilbert. Gilbert, yeah. kill Cottrell. Kill Bill. Kill Tarantino. Tarantino. Uh, Orion Bakken Bargaya. Bargaya. Hannah Dykstra. Dykstra. <laughs> I said Dykstra. Dykstra. Legal doesn't have the budget for this. Dykstra. Wait, you've got a budget? Swept away. Swept away, but last TTS, y'all call me Robinson. Go with now on. Yeah. Bob Trombley. Death March DMT, the God Who just became a monthly donor, by the way. Yes. Oh, thank you, Bob. That's a good question. Have we picked up any recent monthly donors before that one? Because I'm pretty sure a couple of episodes I said that I've got a bottle cap for the next person who does it. So I think Bob Trombley. Bobbert, thanks for funneling those DMT sales to the trail show. We appreciate it. Thank you. How about one-offs, P.O.D.? Anna Shapiro. Anna! Oh! 
Ben Langemeyer. 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 And Thomas tripped the light. Mickey. Tripped the light. So fantastic. Excellent. That was Whew. good. That's Man, good. Like, I'm that's sweating here. Chaotic. That, that was, was <laughs> insanity. <laughs> that was chaotic. Okay. Where are we? I, I think know, we man. got a. I think we have a dispatch from Wolverine who is finishing up his hike in Ecuador. Let's see what he's up to. Buen dia, buen dia. This is Wolverine from Detroit, Michigan, with another trail update from my hike of the Trans-Ecuador mountain bike route. Uh, again, this is a route that uh, starts in Tolcan, Ecuador, uh, near the border with Colombia, and I'm hiking south to Vilcabamba, uh, near the border with Peru. I think my route is going to be about 800 miles overall over the course of 10 weeks. La Bamba. Um, and so far, you know, I'm on the home stretch and la, 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 I'm really enjoying it. It's just been a great hike. Uh, really, really fantastic. I mean, it's the Andes Mountains, so it's just stunning scenery. You get to hike by these 20,000 foot uh, volcanoes like Cotopaxi, Chimborazo. It's just really beautiful. Um, the people have been very, very friendly. Um, but very little English down here. So if you're thinking about coming, you got to speak at least a little bit of Spanish um, Resupply has not really been a problem. I hit you know a little town at least every day or at least every two days Usually once a day and they'll have a little tienda where you can uh, get basic resupply and I mean basic I've been doing uh, rice and hot sauce or rice with a can of tuna for uh, days and days in a row so uh, You know it gets old, but it gets the job done um bad things about the trail or the challenges i would say uh oh, the dogs dios mio there's dogs <laughs> i didn't think any country uh could have more dogs than mexico but ecuador has them beat every house has between four and ten unfenced unleashed oh. unneutered and unspayed oh. dogs that oh. just come tearing out and uh bark and growl and nip at you and i haven't been bit but you know it just it gets old after a while um Probably the wind has been a big challenge, and I think that's true uh, anytime you're over 10,000 feet, and much of this hike is above 10,000 feet uh, elevation. So, you know, you'll get like three or four days of just really strong winds, strong enough to knock me off my feet uh, on more than one occasion. And, uh, you know, it just makes everything more difficult. Setting up your tent, even just breaking out your map to check your position, everything is more difficult when it's super windy like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe camping has been a challenge. Uh, you know, um, hostels and hotels are not in the budget for old Wolverine, so I camp every night. And occasionally I've had to get, um, let's say, creative with my stealth camping capabilities. <laughs> um, and I've been discovered about half a dozen times. Never asked to leave, but, you know, I've had to explain who I am and what I'm doing uh, and ask permission to stay. Um, but other than those things, uh, again, it's really been a, a fantastic hike. Um, anyone who, who wants to ask me more about it, I'd be glad to talk to them. Uh, you find my, my blog at uh, Wolverine Hikes. A couple quick shout-outs, if you'll indulge me. Um, one, of course, is to all my friends at Moose Jaw Mountaineering. Uh, I buy all my gear at moosejaw.com. Moose you should, too. Uh, also, to my friends, Paul and Missy McWalters. Uh, they have a great little company out of Jackson, Michigan, called Underground Quilts. And you can check out their stuff at UGQ, like Underground Quilts, UGQOutdoor.com. Um, and to you guys at the trail show, uh, I think you put out a really quality product. I always look forward to uh, downloading and listening. Uh, it keeps me company while I'm on the trail. So uh, thank you for all that you do. I'm always flattered to be uh, given a chance to speak with you. So until that time comes again, I hike on.
Wolverine out. Wolverine out. Excellent. The man is hiking another mountain bike route, this time in a different continent. D'Lo, are you ready for Ask a Hiker? What? Tonight? Or should we go to another trail show hotline call right before I Ask a Hiker? I got one that is a question. So. Let's, let's, Ooh, let's, let's segue into all Ask a Hiker with the uh, one of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, trail show. Sierra here. Uh, just been listening to one of your latest episodes as I'm waiting for a tow truck. I've spent about 17 hours so far at the Mount Fielson Trailhead. Oh. Uh, the brakes in the truck that I'm driving went out. And so I have a question. This leads to my question. How do you entertain yourself when you're waiting in the trailhead for 17 hours for a tip truck? Bring a Can't good... Can't wait to hear your answers. Bring a, a good book. Which is tow trucks. I'm glamping, so this is like front country glamping. How do I pass the time? Because I'm about to go crazy. Always Thank you. bring a good book. See, so though, you, you've been known to take two-hour lunch breaks where you read books, right? Always bring a good book. And in this day and age, you can bring the book on your phone, your digital yeah. device. It doesn't have to be a big 500-page tome. Would you recommend a hard, hardback, hardcover book? I like real books. Okay. I don't like to read books. I'm what about paperbacks? Devices. Are paperbacks okay? I prefer paperbacks on okay. the on the hiking trails because they're much lighter than the hard hardcovers. Yeah. So bring a nice paperback and just hang out and read it. Um, flag down some motorists. Explain your situation to them and uh, work your yogi skills. 17 hours. 17 work hours. the yogi so, skills. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say uh, she said that uh, she's broke down at the Mount Thielson yeah. trailhead. It's not that remote. Well, the Mount... Thielson Peak is just a few miles from the trailhead. Could climb it a couple times. You, you could just go climb the mountain real quick. Yeah, yeah but she wants to be there when the truck shows up so they don't Ooh. leave, maybe. Yeah. I would work the yogi skills, flag down the motorists, say, hey, how's it going? Shira, if, if you don't mind, could you call the hotline back and tell Trail Show Nation how much a tow costs from the Mount Thielson <laughs> yeah, trailhead? Totally back to civilization because i'm kind of curious and, and also how long it ended up yeah. being total that you had to stay yeah. there after you called us and she what you did to pass the time <laughs> she, she might, she still, might be still be there yeah if anybody's you know, going by mount Thielson trailhead can you just check on any parked vehicles see if she was in there all right Dilo, do you have a ask a hiker question question number two what about question number one that was question number one okay very good my fine friends at the trail show my question is brief I don't want it to be long. I don't want to ramble on like all the other Ask a Hiker questions tend to do. <laughs> Too late. I want to, get, I want to get to the point. It's the heart of the matter. So my question is this. When did you first get on the trail and what got you out there? Share your history of hiking with the audience who may or may not be snacking on dried crickets right now. Sincerely, Rocks and Roots. Wow. Well, I mean, I can say that for myself, yeah. uh, what really got me into hiking was my uh, my great joy of hiding behind trees and then jumping out and scaring people. Um, <laughs> Is this true? And I really found that, you know, the deeper I went into uh, the woods, like the better the effect. Okay. Right? So uh, and in order to get deeper in the woods, you got to hike. So that's how I got into hiking. 
So my what got me into hiking was in high school, my friends and I would uh, skip school, and we would take hallucinogens, and we would hike up mountains. Really? Yeah, really. And that was in the Adirondacks or what? Yeah, southern Adirondacks, okay. just kind of around uh, Albany, New York. Where definitely checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? That definitely checks out. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, I went on a backpacking trip. The uh, the Inca Trail was actually my first backpacking trip with our friend Rhino. Yeah. And who was riding his motorcycle from Michigan to Argentina. And uh, I was living in Mexico. And I met up with him there. And uh, it was really terrible. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. But when I got to the end, I was like, I carried all my own stuff over here. And none of the rest of you did. So there. Yeah. It made me feel very empowered. And then I had a friend who suggested the AT. And I was like, yeah, I kind of liked that feeling. When I, I mean, physically I was like destroyed, but mentally I felt great. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. So, hmm. you know, and then it just led to other things. It's a gateway. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't realize you were telling real stories. <laughs> <laughs> my story was what, real. You <laughs> Triple O? Uh, well, I think the first time I remember is my mom had planned, she wanted to hike across the Grand Canyon when I was 10, uh, 10 years old. And we had trained like all summer in Florida, walking down roads and stuff. And we got the permits and we got to the Grand Canyon. And I looked across and I was like, there's no way I'm doing this. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Mine, mom. And she literally handed me the keys to the car and gave me $100 and said, okay, well, you stay here. I'm going to go. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was 10 years old and I got so scared that she was actually going to leave me. And she swears to this day that she was going to leave me. I bet she I was. I grabbed my I backpack. I bet she was because she was came like, from Florida. All right, I'll Florida. go. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude, she came that from Florida. That is awesome. Yeah. She yeah. drove from wow. Florida all the way there, right? That, well, yeah. we didn't drive there, but yeah. But yeah, but yeah I mean, she had planned it for months because like, the corridor permits for the canyon are always difficult to get. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was definitely going to leave you. And she swears, I mean, to this yeah. day, if you ask her, she's like, no, no, I was going to leave you. Like, you're, you were on your own. You, there was a store nearby. You could have gone. And a hundred bucks. A like, hundred yeah, bucks, totally. sleep in the car. Good luck, kid. <laughs> 10 you years were old. 10 years old. He could have yeah. bought at least like yeah. one, uh, you know, commemorative mug or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> and she also knew that you were physically capable of that hike at 10 years old. Yeah, I think you so. Know? I think so. You were just a And you did the hike? Yeah, we did it over four days going okay. across. And I remember, you know, you get to the other side and you look back and you just feel like for the first time I had that feeling of like, oh, wow, I really yeah. moved yeah, across yeah. The, the earth here. So, so mine, mine actually was kind of, kind of like a, I kind of messed up. <laughs> so I've been going to basketball camps every summer, every summer. And I, you know, as a teenager and I was getting bored with basketball at some point. And when I turned 16, I told my mom, mom was like, I want to sign you up for another basketball camp. And someone's like, mom, I don't want to go to freaking basketball camp. I'm done with, I'm done with basketball camp. I want to go to a wilderness camp. She was like, really? I thought you liked basketball camp. I was like, no, I hate basketball camp. So she was like, "Well, I think a friend's a friend of mine. Her, they sent their son to a wilderness camp. So I'm gonna find out some information." And so she came back. She was like, "Yeah." So they sent him to this thing called Outward Bound. So that's where we're gonna send you. And I was like, "Okay." And I thought it was just gonna be like, you know, you get in a boat, maybe do some archery and like catch butterflies. And little did I know, I was about to get my ass kicked. <laughs> Is anyone who's ever been on an outward bound course or a Knowles course finds out it's very difficult. And so as a 16 year old, I did my first multi-night uh, backpacking trip on the Appalachian trail amongst like other things. And I didn't shower for 16 days and 
you know, we learned how to read maps and compass and, and me and a couple of other kids snuck out of our of our solo camps and hitched a ride into the local town and, and uh <laughs> I don't know how I didn't get thrown out of there. But anyway, that that sixteen day event at the age of sixteen changed my life forever. It's first hike on the AT and it kinda led to a road of ruin, I suppose. Should, should I tell my actual story? If you uh, want yeah. to. I thought that was your actual story, man. No, I mean, I do like hiding behind trees and scaring people, but right. not, not strangers because um, they hit. Um, <laughs> no, so I, you know, yeah. I grew up uh, like camping and, you know, doing like Boy Scout stuff, but we weren't really a, a very hiking intensive troop or anything like that. So other than short hikes around like the campgrounds and stuff like that, I had never really had done hiking until i moved to hawaii mm. um and out there i picked up a uh, a book uh the hiker's guide to oahu by Stuart ball and i think i still have the remains of that original book <laughs> somewhere <laughs> um, okay but, but yeah me and my my buddy um we we basically just about every weekend started going on a hike uh either a ridge hike or a valley hike because it's basically what you've got in hawaii um and just ticking them off the list and uh definitely some of those like ridge hikes where you go all the way up to the top of the koolau range and you look down on the windward side and you're just way the hell up there and the wind is blowing and you've walked up these crazy ridge lines just feels really cool so, yeah um so yeah that was really what got got me into like hiking and then uh mm. my climbing mentor um you know we were going rock climbing pretty frequently uh, and he gave me a stack of climbing magazines that had a National Geographic Adventure um, copy in there. And that article, it was like a triple crown of yeah. hiking article with like fold out maps and stuff like yep. that. And uh, I'd vaguely heard of the AT before, but like the whole concept of through hiking or distance hiking was totally new. And I just remember reading that that article and it went from curiosity to obsession to planning and before yep. i knew it i was standing at the, at the border Dude, that net geo article has inspired countless numbers of people to hike long trails i'm i'm sure it did yeah uh, I, I mean i've i've heard reference to that article a number of times what article is this it was so there's a i think it's now defunct but there was a an, a magazine put out by national geographic oh called, the national geographic adventure, adventure? Yeah. yeah yeah and uh and yeah, they had it was you know a multi-page yeah. like pull-out maps, you know all these fun quirky facts, some stories about the trails, history of the trails, and how they're similar, how they're different, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I can't I can't really tell you what I learned about them other than that they existed and Triple Crown and wow, people hike these whole things at once. That's insane. I want to go do it. Should we talk about tent stakes? Um. Wait. Can wait, we have wait, some outro music? Yeah. Outro music, man. Is this the outro music you're yeah, like? Yeah, you can kill it now. That's good. Okay. That's good. So <laughs> I, I'm actually going to say that uh, as much as uh, I think it's entertaining that we have done the tent steak review for however long we've been doing Years? it. Wait, 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 now, wait, wait, wait. I, no. No, it, it don't ha- do special. this. Are you getting ready to do what nah, I think? Nah. No, don't do no. this, man. I'm, I'm no. saying it has caused me to accumulate a great number of actual okay. tent stakes, like I was okay. saying earlier Give in the show. Give them to the people. So yeah. I, I think what what um, I would like to do, uh, maybe maybe next episode, is we should have a best of. 
Ooh. And so what I would what I would like is Ooh. for for all of us to bring to go to our our kits, okay, and get out the two or three best tent stakes two. that we have. Two, the two, two. Yeah. I think two is probably good. Yeah, yeah. I'm so get bring... out your two favorite tent stakes, okay. and I'll be real curious to see. Tila's <laughs> gonna bring like, the ground claw. I'm gonna bring oh, the chicken claw. The chicken claw. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna have that one and then just a big huge nail. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Max. That's I got. Max I, told I got us gutter it. nails. Yeah. Gutter nails was yeah, what, totally. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say that you were done with the ten stake reviews, and I was really upset. With yeah, that. I was getting ready to cry. Also, I was gonna tell uh-huh. you to give your ten stakes to the people. Be like Elsa. Let it go, man. You know, yeah, I, I was go. thinking it would be pretty entertaining to start doing a carabiner review. Oh, but, dude! Uh, that, oh, no, you're you're getting into climbing, and yeah, this is that, not a climbing. This is not a climbing show. You got to find some not other friends. Climbing yeah. carabiners, <laughs> just the little clippy clip carabiner. What about a water bottle review? No, yeah. no, we don't drink water on the trail show. <laughs> we only drink beer. <laughs> Listen, if it doesn't if it doesn't come with a Gatorade or a Smart Water in it, yeah, I, I don't know what you're doing. What All you right, like. folks, it's time for a ten stick review. All right, what are we talking about tonight? What's our what's our tent stake? I have a real one. Do you? Do you? Yeah. Oh, let's do it. What do you have? Uh, so uh, All Good sent us all a bag of Six Moon Designs. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have the little, like, thumb, the yeah, thumb tab thing. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. And it was six of those smaller ones and then two cylindrical cylinders. Oh, yeah, I, like pegs. Uh, I, yeah. I only got one. Thanks, All Good. Okay, well, maybe I took one of yours. Yeah, she might have ganked one. So I took them on the ICT, and I used the, the, the longer peg ones for the main guy lines and then okay. the smaller thumb ones for the, the corners. And they worked great. They're soft, so a couple of times they bent. But the great thing is that they were easy to bend back. Oh, so Okay. <laughs> I think uh, Dilo went to this high school reunion. He's on hallucinogens again. Um, anyway, they work the Flashback. six moon designs ones, they're yellow and they're super lightweight. And uh, <laughs> anyway, they worked great. I loved them. Okay. They were really good. Two thumbs up for the six moon designs yes. tent stakes. That's a legitimate tent stick review. Right? <laughs> we don't really do what? those very <laughs> often. Is that? Yeah, that's that's I So feel thank weird. you all good in six moon six moons designs. Okay. You want a you want a treasure hotline call? We got a couple left. <laughs> save yeah. them. Oh. No, save them. we, we can't save them. them. No, no, we can't save them. have more. It's like a blockage. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Hey, trail show. Bad sweats here. Peace and love. I was out hiking in the redwoods there with the family. You know, tough broad piglet out of the womb, and uh, <laughs> I was practicing peeing while hiking because you never know. And I thought of you guys. So there you go. Peace and love. Play, next play the start of that again. Hey, trail show. Bad sweats here. <laughs> Peace and love. I was out hiking in the redwoods there with the family. You know, <laughs> this, guy, this guy's from Massachusetts. He's, he's, he's from Massachusetts. Wait, he called Mag's brother. He called back. <laughs> oh, he called wait. back. Hey, now. Bad sweats here. Driving on Route 90 east. Headed towards Maine. Yeah, yeah. Got He's from Massachusetts. Piglet in the car, peanuts in the womb, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm up there with Moon Kid there. Don't listen to your music. I got a solution. Don't recommend it for your 3,000-foot climb at the end of the day. You know, a little chewed up the shoe. And in the immortal words of Rick James, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> 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 
shoot, cocaine's a hell of a drug. R.I.P. Rick James. Turn the volume up as loud as your computer will go and play that play that second one again. All right, here we go. Hey, now. That's what's that. Driving on Route 90 East, headed towards Maine. Got tough broad and piglet in the car. Peanuts in the womb, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I'm up with that with Moon Kid. Peanuts there. in the womb is in his Don't listen to your music. Belly. I got a solution. Don't recommend it for your 3,000 foot climb at the end of the day. You know, a little chewed up to shoot. <laughs> and in the immortal words of Rick James, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> peace and love, peace and love. Be good, y'all. Um, Whoever that is, man, call back and leave uh, some more. You, they leave almost more. lost it at the end there. I Mags, applaud Mags you could it translate. Mags could Dude, translate I, that. Barely. That gentleman is from Massachusetts. Yes. He was driving on I 90. He was heading up to Maine. Yes. Peanut is the womb name for the, the, the child that's like on the bun no, in the oven. No, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The wife yeah. is pregnant. He said, yeah. Yeah. Piglet in the car, peanut in the womb. Yeah, peanuts yeah. in the womb. It's it, the womb he got name. his wife yeah. tough broad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man call back leave some more sir whoever you are I, leave more we need more oh my god okay um <clears throat> do we have any more hotline <laughs> we need to get out there's one because more. we're get, we're coming in for there's the close triple we're one coming more. in for the close this is it this is the okay. last Let's hear it, line of the week what's up Tessa? what's up Tessa? what's up Oh my God. <laughs> That's the whole call. That's all that was. Oh, man. That's perfect. Dude, Somebody that's, really phoned that that's one. That's completely man. perfect. <laughs> that made my night. Those last two calls, man. That made my night. That's that's incredible. I got a message. I got a message. Okay, what do you got? Should I just play it from my phone like this? Uh, no, we can plug in. Ay, Dios mío, chica. You leave the boys alone for one episode. And what do they do? They stay up past their bedtime and they talk about balls. Wow, she referring to the last trail show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Cliff Kipp of the Montana Conservation Corps for guesting tonight. Join MCC by visiting mtcorps.org. Big thanks to Trail Show 6th Chair, Liz Snorkel Thomas, for schooling us on what they do at Treeline Review. Check them out at www.treelinereview.com. And thanks to the Punisher. Hey, it's my turn to close okay, the go, show. Get go. out of here. Big thanks to tonight's beer goes to the Trail Show Nation for bringing us delicious beers from Avery. Four Noses. Four Noses and Upslope Brewery, all from the greater metro area of wherever we are. <laughs> thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a Trail Show Botter opener and some <laughs> stickers for $28 or more. Oh, sorry. $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. Twitter slash thetrailshow. No, no, no. Tw- Twitter. I know it's Twitter wrong. Slash Twitter slash <laughs> trailshow. I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, there you go. Instagram.com slash trailshow. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Instagram.com slash the trail show. Facebook.com slash the show of trails. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good luck. And I'm the Stitcher. <laughs> it's like the Idaho Centennial like Trail out here. Just the gotta Trump. figure it out. Come on, come on, Dilo. You're so close, man. You're so close. And of course, on uh, iTunes, another trail show has come and gone. But don't fret. We'll see you in September with more beers, trails, and nonsense. September is French for September POD. Until then, for POD, D-Lo, special 40 plus one and double O plus one, I'm D-Lo. Ciao. 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 Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Yeah. Made it all through. I think you can make 10 miles on this show out there, hikers. Get to it. Oh, Unless that you're was, on the ICT. Yeah, yeah it's like two. For your miles. first through hike. Man. Ever. Well, and it depends on if you're actually on the trail. <laughs> this or could be the, the longest trail. show ever. Yeah. <laughs> this could be the longest oh, show ever. Don't you say ever. that about every trail show? I think we do. About <laughs> no. every other month, we say this, this could be the longest trail show ever. Though. I mean, it's long, Ooh. but n- longest ever? Didn't we have like a four hour show? I think it wasn't as quite as long as the call that Good Old Boy left last month that we played at the show, but it was a pretty long show. Yeah, pretty good. Who is that it? I wonder where the good old boy Friday is. This yeah, where is good old boy? He was out in the Poison Ivy on the AT Trail. Yeah. Maybe he'll call in next month from up north. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. we can get an update. All from right, it's time for Piglet and <laughs> Peanut. Piglet, Peanut, and Tuck Piglet. Rod. Good old boy and Bigfoot. <laughs> Driving down up north there, Highway 90. <laughs> Gonna have some lobster. <laughs> Looking for Alice Largely. <laughs> Looking for Alice Largely in the Bigfoots <laughs> now. You know what you really oh got to watch out for is those Bigfoot when they get a little toot in their skin. Oh, my God. We're going to be looking for quahogs out there. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Little whistle pigs running around little, like crazy. They squeak like you wouldn't believe once you take a <laughs> on them. We took all the lobsters up from Massachusetts. Little tough rods out there with Piglet and Little Boy. <laughs> and a bunch of lobster. bunch of lobsters out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're a little ammoniated at this point in the game, but we're going <laughs> to eat them anyway. Well, tough rod. <laughs> Simmer down now. Simmer down. <laughs> That's a show. All right. Well, yeah. as a Floridian, I'm very proud of my home state for immediately turning to human-on-human violence when <laughs> trying to <laughs> curb the iguana problem. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, seriously, those guys got they got they got waylaid in the Puckleberry Patch. I was like, hey, 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 there's a bear in the dumpster, and he was like, yeah, he's always in there. I just throw the trash on top of him. <laughs> really? I thought you liked basketball camp. I was like, no, I hate basketball camp. Resistance is futile. The trail show. It's the Wolfman's brother. It's the Wolfman's brother coming down on me.